My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's WNR 133 versus WCW, October 1998. But before we start anything, let's do the alternate intro. Over the hills and far away, Teletubbies come to play. Time for Teletubbies. Time for Teletubbies. Time for Teletubbies. Dan, you know the words. Come on now. No, it's Tinky Winky, Dipsy... La la po, Teletubbies, Teletubbies, say hello. And they go, uh oh, oh, you remember the Teletubbies, Dan? They actually come out in 1997, but of course we're going strong in 1998. And now for the proper intro. Yes, the one for adults. <laughs> Tits, boobs, fanny. <laughs> Is that the different Teletubbies? <laughs> Tits, boob, fanny, Bub. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. It could be good. Yeah, tits. Have to say hello, tits. Uh oh. <laughs> Fanny. Anyway. <clears throat> in 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head to head on Mondays. The WNR podcast go back 20 years right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with Raw and the WWF's attitude leading the way, WCW needed to fight back. The WNR podcast follows the war blow for blow and month to month. This E versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars, October 1998. And of course we do this every month and we have a five-point system to decide who actually won the war in any given month. And it's match, promo, roster, setting, and of course overall rating. And we'll work that out after we've watched both Raw and Nitro at the end of the month. Well, when we had last left the WWF, Vince's master plan came into effect. Stone Cold was no longer champion, but did monster by not declaring who won at breakdown and being sent to the hospital by the Brothers of Destruction. So we move on Monday Night Raw, and it is the 5th of October, episode 280. Yeah. 
They tie with 4.5s. Raw had a 4.5 and a 4.6. Nitro started strong with a 4.8 before falling to a 4.3 and rising to a 4.5. So match one is X-Puck, who's a champion, versus D'Lo Brown for the European title. D'Lo controlled most of the match, had a chin lock on for a week. China was served papers again, and Mark Henry, who was at ringside, grins at her. Brown slams Pack and misses the splash from the top. Now Pack unloads with some kicks, and Brown sets himself up for the buster, and the fans love it. Henry tries to trip up Pack, who then leaps onto Mark Henry, and he is grabbed and driven into the post. Brown finishes him off with a frog splash. Oh, yeah, decent start to the show. Yeah, new European champion. Yeah, China is huffing in anger as she just glares. And that goes on to our next match, which is the Headbangers versus Insane Clown Pussies. Well, Mosh has the mic, and I guess there's only a headbanger way. He wants to fight ICP and tells them to come on down. The oddities come out, and they do not want them and want those stinking clowns. The oddities finally oblige, but the headbangers stop them and demand the former head to the back so they can show ICP what real heavy metal is all about. ICP finally get in the ring and get dismantled. Shaggy is flapjacked. One ICP dude is powerbombed from the top and both are plastered with chair shots to the head. Now the oddities come out and the headbangers run off and tell ICP that they suck. Well, that sucked. They show Vince Waller in a hospital bed. Highlights from Sunday Night Heat and Austin destroyed the feet of Vince McMahon's hospital room. Yeah, he, uh, he risked being electrocuted to chop a wire with a metal axe and now we see Vince McMahon... Well, that bed. must have been one long ass lead to go from like, <laughs> to the hospital. I know, it's impressive. Well, I mean, that's back in the day, you know. A man getting offered a drink by the doctor so you've got to visit a really big man. Oh my God, really big and threatening the staff. Undertaker or Kane? Well, maybe Austin's found out where my man is. <laughs> it's mankind! Oh, he's a kind man. You've got some balloons? You've got some chocolates, that lovely. Oh my God, he's going to guess what's in bad. Those chocolates have been half eaten. <laughs> you can hear the heart rate monitor getting faster. <laughs> oh, it's a woman with female entertainment. Apparently she does a trick with a dog, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, Paul! <laughs> oh! Mr. Socko! <laughs> going to kiss his boo-boo. <laughs> and that's what made the angle. We have McFoley saying that, but man saying Mr. Soccer. I mean, what about for that piece of history there, Dan, eh? Well, that is, yeah, it's one of the biggest characters in WWF it ever. Really, yeah, I know. And can you believe it was now Snow? Well, but like I said, Vince got pissed off and tells him to leave and he tosses all the stuff like he wasn't happy. Sable's getting a hair done in the back and the next match is Vader versus Mark Mero. But yeah, Sable is at the announce table. They tease a lock up for a bit and finally do so. Vader slugs him in the gut and whips him into the ropes. Mero grabs them and leaves the ring. Vader goes after him and Mero uses Jack as a shield but will not allow Vader to go around her. Vader shrugs and heads into the ring and is greeted with some stumps. But Vader is up and drops him with an uppercut. Mero falls to the floor. He's woozy and staggers around. Vader goes after him and Jackie leaps on his back as Mero boxes away. Vader is rolled back into the ring and a fans chant for Sable. Vader is sent for the ride, kicked in the gut and kneed in the face. Vader via a lariat. He slings onto some knees. Vader crushes him in the corner and then clotheslines him. Now another big lariat and another crushing splash, but Mark kicks out. Jackie leaps into the ring and Vader catches her and then just puts her down. Mero nuts Vader. And down he goes. Mero slowly heads up top and hits the moonsault, and it's over. I mean, that was actually fun. Vader was so over a year or two ago, uh, ago from this 
not a jobber, and he's ousted by one nutshot. I've no idea what Jackie is slurring out, but it's a challenge to Sable. Sable takes off the headset and heads towards the ring. She gets in, and Mero stops her. The reason she's upset is that she can never satisfy a man like him. She slaps Mero, and Jackie has some scissors and starts cutting her hair. She has a hunk of it and holds it up like a trophy as Sable glares. Well, we go back to Vince, who's getting his temperature taken. Well, Regal is squeezing his own orange juice, and that real man's man. He's a man. Such a man. And match four is Edge versus Owen Hart. Well, Owen injured someone else on Heat, I think. Owen comes down in a dress shirt. He talks about being in the wrestling business for 13 years. And after what he did to Dan Severin, he saw his wife and children. He never meant for anyone to get hurt. Owen apologises for what he did and chokes up. He leaves and Edge just stands there as Laura goes off him, calling him a wuss. Well, up next, it's Kane versus Ken Shamrock. Yes, Ken was shown shadow boxing in the back prior to this match. I forgot to mention last week that Undertaker was pissed at Kane and blamed him for the loss with his body language. Mm. JR and the King are discussing that. Well, this is the thing, and now we know Kane's got to face the Undertaker at the next pay-per-view with Austin as referee. Will Austin actually count the three? But we, sh- we should have a new WF champion. And someone like Ken Chamrock, who stepped up now, we see it with a rock in the past couple of weeks, mixing with main event talent. Can Chamrock actually make the jump now? And do that, would he be competitive against Kane? We've seen Kane as a monster, so it's weird to see someone against Shamrock, someone like Shamrock going against him, you know? Yeah, well, you know, Kane Shamrock's very mentally unstable, and so's Kane. I reckon they'd make a good tag team partner. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the man said last week, Shamrock is mentally unstable, and Kane is physically unstable, would it be really fair to say? Shamrock's trying to work the legs in the early going, but Kane's just still a monster at this point in time as well, not even a year yet. Well, just a year now, you know, the anniversary. A year ago on this Raw, this is the 5th of October Raw, and it was the 5th of October 1997 at Hell in a Cell, that he made his uh, presence felt at Bad Blood. So, so a bit, year, he's already held heavyweight gold. Yeah, already held tag team titles as well, of course, with Mankind. And now he's looking at BWF champion again as he catches Shamrock. At this point in time, these two are, are definitely the future of the WWF. You know, talk about future stars and what it holds. You would think Shamrock and Kane would bring a lot of success to it. Do you think Kane would have been as long-lasting as he has been? I mean, you know, he's still quite relevant today. Well, even, thing, though, you know, even though he's not. I, I feel Kane, and along with the big show as well, as two guys that could accomplish a lot more. And I know they accomplished a lot. I think they could have come to a lot more in WWE. When you consider someone like The Undertaker or someone like that, one of those, you know, well, he's a legend. I know in his own right he is, but I think Kane could have had a lot more world title range, you know? So who's had the better career then? Would you say Kane or The Big Show? Uh, I would say Big Show, as Kane catches Shamrock with a powerbomb, just because he's won more titles. You know, Kane won the WF title in 98, held it for, what, 24 hours, was that? Yeah. And then the next world title he won was in 2010 when he feuded with the Undertaker again, the world title. He lasts long. So he's not really been on top. Yeah, he's been Intercontinental Champion and the amount of tag teams he's been in as well. You know, you talk about either with RVD or lots of other people I'm sure he's teamed up with. Like, Big Show, he teamed up with Show. X-Pac. X-Pac. But I think with Big Show, like, the world title wins uh, on, the, on stuff he did with WCW and then coming over to the WWE. But I think Big Show could have been a champion for... A, a year if they had played it right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He could have been like kind of that day uh, Brock Lesnar. The, the big show's a lot more diverse than Kane as well. I mean, you know, once Kane had revealed his 
taking his mask off. I mean, that's all he done. But, you know, with the big show, I know he's flip-flopped an awful lot. But he's, you know, he, he's been a comedy character. He's been a serious character. And even when he revitalised himself with, you know, the the knockout punch and that, you know, it's kind of stepped things up for him. Uh, and I think the thing for at this point in time is that's what he's looking at. His future holds in over in WCW at the moment. He's probably the youngest guy to be pushed in the group, you know, because there's Bret Hart, Hogan in yeah. front of him, all these guys. And he's looking over to the WF and seeing, oh, these are young guys coming through. Uh, I, I want to battle, you know, the Rock and Austins and, and become the future in that way as well. So it, it's kind of weird. There's no room to improvement. He even said that. That's the reason why he left for because like, he knew he wasn't going to get paid what the big stars in WCW did, yet he was being used. And that's what I quite like the WWF at this time. Because they are using Shamrock, um, you know, and The Rock, trying to build them up to be main eventers, yeah. you know. And also, again, with the big show, I mean, he's, you know, he's helped a lot of talent out as well, you know. Show Miz, Jerry Show, you know, um, he's he's kind of like, you know, rapport with them as well. And he's brilliant at playing a big man in a tag team, obviously, yeah. you know, being a big man. But he's helped out a lot as, as well. As Austin says, though, and, and other people as well, it's it's about kind of single success and what they've accomplished there. And like you talk about the big show or even Kane, I think you could do a lot more. Uh, also, even throw Shamrock into the equation as he's being controlled by Kane in this match. You know, I think Shamrock could have definitely had a, a, a run at the WWE title, you know, maybe personality-wise or, or, or on the on the promos that he had, you know, the kind of personality uh, maybe didn't come across. But I think the character itself, I think the fans are fully behind. I yeah. Think well, never, he's, you know. I'd say, you know, he's this era's cross between a Brock Lesnar and a Dean Ambrose. You know, he's got the lunatic fringe kind of crazy unhinged side as well as having his martial arts style background as well. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? And you can back it up by saying he's the world's most dangerous man. He was on the UFC and stuff. And I don't think they realised probably what they had with Shamrock. I mean, in 1998, he did win the King of the Ring. You know, he did, yeah. you know, he beat the Rock in the final so they are trying to get behind him to see if he can hang with the, the main event. But weirdly in WF, they've not got a massive talent, uh, main eventers. Do you know what I mean? This year, predominantly, the pay-per-views have been featured either Untaker Kane or Austin. Sticking Mankind with that, you've probably got all four barring Michaels at WrestleMania 14. You know, uh, That's only five guys to go across the whole thing. So it's not like it's stacked. We'll see in a couple of years' time when they start building more and more talent up just how big it is. And this is why I think in some ways the generation we got now is a little bit better than the Attitude Era, not in entertainment value, but just like how many people now could be champion, you know, on the oh, on, well, on the roster, yeah. you know what I mean? There is well, you, more you than know, 20, you, I would you, say. Maybe. You've got the former champions as well and the short-lived champions like Kevin Owens, you know, he wasn't a champion for a long time, but he's a legitimate champion. Mm-hmm. And people that could potentially be champions, I, you know, you got your Drew McIntyre's, your GPDs, your Cesaro's, the people that yeah. haven't even had a shot yet, you know. Uh, Sheamus, the former champion, you never know with that. It, it's interesting, isn't it? That there's so much Nakamura, you could argue, could definitely get definitely, that. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, Strowman, you know, the, the list does go on and on at this time. So, and I think back then, that's is why it was, it was, it was good storytelling. Because the WF knew you, you had to get a story to get by, otherwise you would get bored of the repetitive matches with changing everything up every week. You know? Yeah, but we are partway through this match, and Undertaker's just made himself known. He's slowly walking down the ramp towards the ring. Kane's got the upper hand 
on Shamrock at the moment. Yeah, they've yeah. had a couple of big uppercuts. Weirdly enough, though, the Undertaker doesn't look happy that his brother is in control. Maybe he's just watching intently at this moment in time. But the Undertaker will know everything that Kane brings. You know, talk about the wars these two men have had this year on pay-per-views in an Inferno match and, of course, the classic they had at WrestleMania 14. And Kane just sits up easily then after taking some offence from Shamrock. Well, Shamrock, that's it, yeah. Kane sat up and he's got Shamrock in the corner, splashing him, throwing him from pillar to post, following up as Shamrock moved out of the way on the second time. And Shamrock will need to get really, really angry if he's got a chance of putting Kane down. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. Nice back elbow there. Spinning back elbow, spinning calf kick. But it doesn't take the big, big red monster down. Oh, oh! that does those. You don't see Kane taking many of those. But again, sits straight back up. Oh, Shamrock pinches the arm of Kane. He's got it trapped. Oh, and I think Kane realised might be going for the armbar into the ankle lock, taking no chances there. Well, Kane stepping over the top rope, looking to go flying. Going to deliver his patented 450 off the top. Kane going up top. Undertaker's now on the ring apron. Stood on the outside of the ring. And why is the Undertaker distracting Mike Kyoto at this moment as Shamrock gets to his feet? Well, Shamrock takes a swipe at the Undertaker, crutching Kane on top inadvertently, but effective nonetheless. And it gives Shamrock a chance now <clears throat> as Undertaker walks away. Does he think the damage is done? Two belly to belly off the top by Shamrock, and he beats Kane. Well, thanks to the Undertaker in part, Shamrock beats Kane. Kane sits back up again. So Shamrock gets the win, and that's a huge victory for the world's most dangerous man. Yeah, and The Undertaker is imposing as ever, but he didn't do anything to you know in the match aside from distracting Shamrock, and yeah. that obviously came into fruition when he crutched Kane on top and and he planted him. Well, I think it may be. It, uh, well, Kane is not happy, and he's going either after Shamrock. We're going to ask his brother what's going on right now. Uh, what do you think of the match? It wasn't a terrible match. It's a good sort of wrangle advancement between Undertaker and Kane. You know, what was Undertaker's motives? Well, that was an interesting segment between Val Venus and uh, Terry. Well, Terry's in the back and Val is going down on her and he found her wedding ring. I wonder where he found her wedding ring. I don't know. But match six is Val Venus versus Gangrel. He talks about his Magic Johnson. He has the real Magic Johnson. Well, Gangrel comes down with Christian, who now has a name. It's What's Christian. Name? Yeah, it's oh. Christian. Let What's you know. his Christian name? Uh, Christian. His Christian name's Christian. I wonder what his surname is. Surname? That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Christian's surname. What's your Christian name? What's your surname? Surname. Well, anyway, Gangrel does come down with Christian, who now has a name, which is Christian. Gangrel knocks down Val with a shoulder block, but Val reverses the whip and gives him a spine buster. Val hammers him in the head, and now it's the whip and running knee time. Val straddles him and then pounds him. That's Gangrel, not Terry. Gangrel comes back because of the telegraph backdrop. Belly to belly, Gangrel now backdrops him. Edge comes down and confronts his brother, as now they're acknowledged as such. Gangrel goes out and stomps a hole in Edge and gets counted out. Some dude comes down and serves Val's papers and he looks stunned and cue Goldust music. Goldust is on the tron and is returning next week. So that's the second time someone's served papers. Mm. Are they trying to censor Val? 
Maybe so. Maybe they Well, everyone has a right to censor. They they do. They do. Well, Vince wants something for the pain. On Sunday Night Heat, Austin confronted Shane O'Mac. And match seven is now Snow versus Jeff Jarrett. And that is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Well, Double J takes him down and they exchange hip tosses. Snow grabs him, headbutts him a few times and then clotheslines him. Another one sends him to the floor. Al goes after him, grabs a chair, but he's now clotheslined. Slaughter is talking Slaughter is talking to the ref. Double J is whipped into the barrier and Snow uses the chair to leap into Double J with a spin kick. Snow is crawling towards the Sarge, but JJ is up and cracks Snow with a chair. Double J goes to work on Snow, dropping him throat first onto the barrier. JJ breaks the count, pulls him up and rolls him back in the ring. Snow fights back, catches a kick, and so does JJ. But Snow is able to connect with an enziguri. JJ misses in the corner and sh- Snow misses with head, but he floats over and slams Jarrett. Snow has head and climbs up top and S laughs shakes the ropes, crotching him, and the match is tossed. Well, another decent match, and I love when the ref randomly picks two. Makes no sense when they broke the rules for most of the match and it was ignored. DX is walking in the back. Um, well, match eight, and it's Road Dog versus the sexual chocolate Mark Henry. Well, this time the Outlaws do not get much of a pop as the crowd does not really help complete the catchphrases. Laura is a letter given to China and Henry, and he's suing and letter given to China, and Henry's suing her harassment. Well, Henry batters him and drops him with some big blows. Road Dog ducks and shuffles, and then gets the strikes with some shots. He drops him and gets two. Two. Henry counters with some heavy blows of his own. He just slings him into the corner and Road Dog crashes to the mat and Henry does it again. He drops the big elbow. Henry is dismantling him. X-Pac goes after Brown and China comes down and decks him. Mark Henry is distracted and Road Dog knocks him out and wins. Well, there's nothing great. More cheating by DX. It would be nice if they did not need China for just one match. Well, Henry chases after him. And the Rock is pacing in the back. Well, Vince is hitting the nurse's button and wants more juice. Yeah, let's see him get him juice. So his blood pressure's normal, that's fine. Oh, the doctor's going to take him from here. Oh, no! Why is the doctor attacking Vince? What the hell? The doctor's got a bald head. Oh, it's Austin, he's going after the bad leg. (laughs) 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 Ben Palmer, man, look at his pants. Austin beat the crap out of him. He's got the pads. Shock him up, man! Oh, he's got the man over the bed. <laughs> he's gonna give him an enema. He's sodomizing Vince <laughs> McMahon. <laughs> oh my god! Well, Vince McMahon is now using the hashtag Me Too. Oh my god! I mean, what do you think of that? Is that too far by Austin? No, <laughs> it's never too far by Austin. I think it's one of the greatest attacks we've ever seen in the WWF to have Austin there in the background as a doctor just waiting to get the attack after everything we saw with uh, Mick Foley earlier and there was nothing but man could do. It is just classic stuff, I would say. Yes, that is definitely classic. Yeah, well, up next, it's talk about classic. Main event is Undertaker versus The Rock. Undertaker just come out here and started early on The Rock. He goes straight after him with the right hands. And the great one, of course, pinned the Undertaker a couple of weeks ago on Raw. The Undertaker looking for a bit of retribution. And JR, the King, was shocked at what just happened to McMahon. 
Will there be ramifications? Maybe that's not the best word to use at the moment. Ramify what? <laughs> yeah. So what happened to McMahon? Not many men can scare referees out of the ring, but the Undertaker can with just one look. I was not scared. He gets back in and steals some more t-shirts. Rock's starting to fight back now with some big rights, but an uppercut from Undertaker stops him dead in his tracks. Let's not forget the Rock is the number one contender for the WF title. He won that opportunity at a breakdown. We just don't know who the champion is. There isn't one. Oh my God, here come the nation, but they've uh, not really the nation anymore because they had a fallen out with a rock. Here comes Mark Henry and D.L. Brown, his young takers in control. And maybe they're going to help him out as he closes his young taker out. Eliminates him from the Royal Rumble and Undertaker just looking at uh, D.L. and Henry and just, you know, they back. The rock reverses the Undertaker's Irish rip, sends him into the stairs and D.L.'s head is... Rocking from left to right. Yeah, and he's encouraging the great one. Now they rock with big right hands of the Undertaker in the corner. Oh, and Kane's making his way down to ring. Well, we know what Undertaker did earlier, Kane versus Shamrock. He didn't do anything, James. Maybe he's come out here to uh, even the odds then for his brother. Because he knows the nation are here. Rock's had his attention turned by Kane. And walks straight into Undertaker's grasp around his throat. Plants him with a Choke slam. Oh, and D-Lo and Mark Henry have walked away. And probably in their best interest, Taker goes for the cover. Oh, but a rock manages to kick out. Ah, big rocky chance. When you imagine for most of the year it's been rocky sucks. Yeah, you know how uh, things have changed for him. It's, uh, you know, a hill run is all it takes. <coughs> Roman Reigns. Exactly. I mean, it gives the Miz a chance. Finally does turn face. That he's going to be as loved as the Rock is, isn't he? You know, exactly that, Dan. You're right. You're bang on the money when it comes to that. We are looking at the next Rock in The Miz. <laughs> but, I mean, he's done the amount of movies The Rock has done, hasn't he? So, you know, we talk about it that way. Yeah, I've I've done as many movies as The Rock has done. Don't make me as fucking bigger. Yeah, mine have all been dirty and filmed on a phone. But <laughs> not much more than The Fucking Miz, though, really. Oh, They've all gone straight it. to DVD. Leave but let's not just alone. go there. I don't know. The Rock managed to get the shoulder off at two. Two... Now the dead man's just going to wear down the rock. And the Undertaker's thrown the rock over the top. Sends him to the outside. Well, the rock now fighting back in this slobber knocker with the Undertaker. And just as he does, the Undertaker seems to be one step ahead at the moment, cutting him off. Sunset flip from the rock, though. Rolls up the Undertaker. One, two. Oh, no. Undertaker managing to kick out. Oh. And just follows up with a thunderous clothesline. And then he took the rock out of his boots there as he goes for the cover. But the rock manages to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Where's Kane? No, the Undertaker might be getting a little bit frustrated here. There he is. There you go. Nice camera shot change. <laughs> Cheers, uh, cameraman. I appreciate that. Back to the action, please. Thank you. And we just see how big a man Kane is when we look over his shoulder. He's engulfing the ring. That's the rock now fighting back. The Undertaker there. Reverse that into a clothesline. Oh, elevation. It just drops a leg across the throat of the rock. Is the ring broken there? I don't think it's broken. I just think the Undertaker's a little bit... It was a little bit gingerly there on landing, wasn't he? No, I mean the ring... There's a tear in the fucking... Ring I, say, I thought it was uh, from the Undertaker's lace. Undertaker dropping his head. The rock doing his classic kick, but Undertaker just standing straight up. Gets rolled up. But only getting a two count. See that right by the rock's hand? Oh, yeah. Two. But only getting a two count. Two! Two! <laughs> Two! 
And The Rock again with a big clothesline, but only, again... But The Rock with another big clothesline, but only managing to get another two. Two. Rock Irish rip reversed by The Undertaker. Big boot. And I, I don't have a go at these two men. I love these two men. You know, you talk about two great wrestlers, Undertaker and Rock. I fucking love these guys. But together, in a match, it just don't work. I've just, I've seen this match a few times. And I just, I know what it is. And there's a couple of papers as well. King of the Ring 99, when he went for the WF Championship. And No Way Out, I'm going to say 2002. Two. It were, there weren't great matches. But old school now. Oh, no. Rock. Oh, no. He just gets uh, arm dragged off. Well, the Undertaker sits up. I've seen one before when someone threw ring steps into the ring. And it, like, fucking dented the corner. And, like, and it dug in and broke the corner of it. Swinging net breaker by the Rock. Goes for the cover. But, no. The Undertaker kicking out. Uh-huh. Now the Rock trying to build momentum. But it's difficult to do. Gets a demon of Death Valley. The Undertaker just picks up the Rock. But mind. Side Russian leg sweep drops the taker. Oh, and now the Rock is going to look for the most electrified move. I've never seen it done that way in sports entertainment. Oh, I didn't get the arm, but I didn't get the uh, elbow pad. He's doing it non-car camera. Bang! But it hits it. Rather than going for the cover, he's going to try and finish it now with maybe Rock bottom. But the Undertaker up to his feet, an uppercut, and that just stops Rock in his. Well, that elbow had little to no effect there. I think he just went on pissing the Undertaker off. <laughs> the Undertaker runs into a rock elbow. Big right hands and then Irish rip first. Oh. oh, oh! what was you doing in that corner, man? Well, he got caught by the Undertaker <laughs> now. Undertaker goes for the close. I both men missing. Oh, both men close eyeing each other down. Is that Kane's cue? Well, I think it is. There's no ref. He just pushed uh, Mark Yeaton away. The timekeeper. Well, well, he's got a chair in hand. I don't think he needs a chair. He's a weapon in himself. You're a weapon. <laughs> Uh-oh. Taker sits up. Rock doesn't nip up. Oh, Rock slowly gets to his feet, though. Them fucking morons in the front row on camera side. They're really fucking annoying. Well, no one's the security's telling him to sit back down. The Undertaker, Irish whip, the Rock. Reversed, and Kane swings the chair... Hits the Undertaker on the back. Got him in the rock bottom. Kane throws the chair in. Rock goes for the cover. But L still not recovered yet. Uh-oh. The Undertaker's just sat up. Undertaker picks up the rock. Oh, not on the chair. Oh! Tombstone, power driver. And that's the chair Kane threw in. Ebner's recovered now. One. Two. Three. Oh, my God. So, the Undertaker's beat the number one contender. With the help of Kane, I'm still not sure what's going on right now. The Undertaker gets a bit... I don't think it hurt The Rock too much, though, Dan. What are your thoughts on that match? No, it definitely didn't hurt The Rock. It's Again, it's a good bit of angle advancement. Um... For the Undertaker and Canefield, I think they're going to both go into it on fire. Yeah. I mean, the main event had its ups and downs, a lot of repetition, but then again, both put it all out there and had some pay-per-view moments. The fans were divided on this one as Rock was not as over here as he has been, but still had plenty of support. 
Well, there's some strong wrestling and the Vince segments were classic. They're keeping Austin in the background, smart as he does not need to be overexposed. A fast-moving, solid program. In fact, despite a little too much DX for my taste, it worked as a whole and there was little to complain about. ICP getting their asses kicked was brilliant in my opinion. Hopefully they can have a great show next week and going into the pay-per-view. Also, it seems they're belatedly showing the split with the nation, and now that Owen is gone to the nation, and now that Owen is gone to the nation, it should be no more, and really does need to retire as it's ran it as it ran its course months ago. Yeah, I mean you can't really have. Um, I don't think Dino and Mark Henry really work as kind of baby faces, if you know what I mean. So it'll be interesting what they do with that. Uh, the next raw is the twelfth of October. And that's episode two eight one. It's a go home show. Tie in the ratings has both got 4.7, while Raw won head-to-head while Nitro had a strong 5.3 opening hour. You know it says 4.7 for Raw, but when it was 4.7 or 4.9, I it up to 4.8. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Uh, the good news is that a shitload of people watch wrestling. Wikipedia has it 4.8 to 4.6, and that seems right as Nitro got a 4.5.3, 4.3, and a 4.4. I'm glad the ratings aren't as confusing as everything else. Well, Vince is honking the horn of his car as the garage door is slow to raise. He yells about that and is put in a wheelchair and wants to know if he can go faster as he bitches and moans. Well, match one is the New Age Outlaws versus the Legion of Doom. Some more dipshit teasing of whether or not Gunn is leaving and he is not. He tells everyone that if they're not down with that, then they can suck it. Hawk is on the sidelines claiming he's sober and that he's addicted to painkillers, etc., Lawler taunts him. Joss has taken his place. Not much action in the ring. Dirari runs down and assaults Hawk and then draws. And then handbaggers run down and break the boombox over Road Dog's head, splitting it open. Well, it's a bit more angle advancement and uh, overbooked. Oh, it is a six-man tag at the pay-per-view with DOA versus LOD and then the Outlaws versus the Headbangers. Exciting. Well, Austin is invited to come to Raw tonight. Triple H is stripped of the Intercontinental title, and this is a one-night tournament. So here we go. We start it off. Steve Blackman versus Ken Shamrock. Blackman is getting his ass kicked. Shamrock is tearing into him as he has dominated the first three minutes of the match. Blackman bounces out of the corner and clotheslines him, but is taken down, and Steve has to tap. I mean, this was a real epic squash. Shamrock is no longer over as well, and Blackman is no longer a factor. Well, the blue blazer comes down and kicks Shamrock in the head and then beats on Blackman before running off. Shamrock goes back after the ankle. They show Vince in the back a couple of times. Uh, and match three is Val Venus versus Mark Merrow. Right, this match was fast-paced. Val controlled most of it. Merrow was distracted by Reynolds and then finished off. Jackie is pissed and assaults off the match and is finally pulled off. And Val is over tonight. Yes, well, Sable runs down and goes after Jackie and it's a Donnybrook. Finally, well, Mankind's in the boiler room and he's not worried about Shamrock as he swings a chair like a girl. If they do not like it, they can suckle it. They face off <laughs> at the pay-per-view. Well, match four is Mankind versus Mark Henry. Well, the IC tournament is done without the announcers knowing who's going to fight to try and keep it more off the cuff, I guess. Mark recites the poem for China. Creepy. Mark could do better than her. Well, Mankind is getting destroyed. Henry works over the ankle, comes down and watches. Henry goes up to the second rope and misses. Mankind beats on him, takes him down, takes off his sock and turns it into Mr. Socko and he applies the claw and it is over. It's a nice win for Mankind. Henry is going to face the rock at the pay-per-view. Didn't do much for him there, did it? 
Wow. Um, China gets in the ring and wants to know what he wants and begs off leaving. China's left in the ring. Oh, sorry. China gets in the ring and wants to know what he wants and he backs off leaving. China is left in the ring looking perplexed. A uh, construction truck has arrived and it's Austin in the driver's seat. After the break, he tells Cole to get out of here. It is a cement truck. Vince is lounging in the back and irate. Briscoe, in his droll drawl, repeats what Vince states and will go check it out. Sarge trips and lands on Vince's casted leg. Well, match five is Jeff Jarrett, which is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T versus X-Puck. Well, Double J attacks him right away, runs him into the corner with some speed. Pack fires back with some chops and takes him down with a forearm to the head. Double J knocks him down and then launches him with a big back body drop. Pack, though, comes back, goes up where it is right there, but he's knocked off and Pack misses. Pack turns a figure four from Double J into a cradle for two. Two. After bouncing off the ropes for a minute or so, Pack leaps into a power slam. Double J whips him into a corner, misses, and Pack stomps and kicks away, hitting the ref two. Two. <laughs> Sorry. Buster time, but he runs right into a boot. Jarrett brings out the guitar case and opens it and it is head and this allows Pack to roll up Double J for the win. It was not at fast pace and let's see what Austin is doing. That's a cement truck. Definitely a cement truck and that is not Vince McMahon's brand new Corvette, is it? I think that is Vince McMahon's brand new Corvette. Well, that's what the man drove into the building earlier. Look at the man's face. What can Austin keep doing to McMahon? How much is that car worth, Dan? $100,000 car. At least one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000. And it's whirring up. Oh, my God. That's really watery. <clears throat> Sorry, that is not cement. That is concrete. What's the difference? Stones. Yeah, stone cold operating a truck. I know. Does that make it? <laughs> no, it's stones in the concrete. Oh, window just busted in. Oh, my God. The car's destroyed. My man, uh, Austin, struck again. And look at that. He's smirking. No, James. He hasn't got a cigarette in his go. He's just got a smile on his face because, yet again, he's got one over Vince McMahon. Oh, my God. And that Corvette is available when you go to the W Fan Access shows. You can see that on display there with uh, Austin doing it. But, I mean... We're still going with this, but I mean, what an amazing kind of three weeks in the history of Austin versus McMahon. When you look on it 20 years later, then you realise there's kind of three back-to-back things that they did. The Zamboni coming in with Austin diving into McMahon. Uh, the hospital where he gave him an enema and hit him with a bedpan. And now we look at that as well. And, you know, with Judgment Day this Sunday, the, the, the following Monday with Raw is Austin goes to the extreme even more than that as well. So it's just crazy. They were hitting it out of the park with the Austin Cats, weren't they? And maybe they weren't getting the entire show correct, but with that person, you knew exactly what to do with him to make the stuff entertainment, ent- entertaining. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Well, after the break, here he comes. Jesus Christ, that pop never gets old. Austin does not like being screwed over, and that sealed Vince's fate. For in the WWF, he'll make his life a living hell. As far as Sunday goes, he'll be glad to put on the striped shirt, and he'll make a damn good ref. And those and the fans respond with a hell yeah, hell after, yeah! After those big two, after those two big bastards beat each other up, and the only hand he'll hold up will be his own, and there's nothing Vince can do about. It. Wheels himself out, and Austin tells him to wheel his ass on down here. 
Now there is a police crew with canine dogs and Austin still wants to go after him, but bags up, backs off us as the dogs bark. Austin acts like he's going after the dogs, but rethinks that philosophy. Vince chastises him for destroying his property and he hopes that Steve Austin Construction Company has a pair of boots because he's going to need them. Well, he will have a partner in The Rock and he will think Kane. Also, sometime tonight, Vince warns him that he better watch his back. His life has been hell the past two weeks and the fans call him an arsehole and this upsets Vince. Austin tells him what they're saying. The problem for him started after he lost the title and he discusses what happened to him after Austin lost the title. Jesus, he's going over everything, even getting jabbed in the arse. Payback will occur this Sunday, and if Austin does not raise the hands of the new WF champion, he will fire his ass. Austin doubts he has the balls to do that. Vince disagrees as his balls are the size of grapefruits, and Austin will be picking seeds out of his teeth, and reminds Austin that he will fire him. Austin glares at the wild dogs, and the trainers do not seem to appreciate that. So match six is Val Venus versus Ken Shamrock. Well, it's a semi-finals match and Shamrock blasts him from behind as Val comes down the ramp. Val tries to fight back, but he's flung into the steel steps. Shamrock breaks the count, even though the bell has not even rung yet. Val gets his bell rung on the steps, though. Now the match starts and Val is rolled into the ring and Shamrock goes after him. He flings him into the corner, puts him in the... He breaks the hold and then chokes him out on the ropes. He works over the back, but Val fires back and runs right into an elbow. Well, Val muffs... The boot and gets clothesline. Ken gets a two count. Two. Shamrock suplexes him for another two. Two. Shamrock hammers him down and then plies a Boston Crab. Val is crawling towards the ropes but is pulled back to the centre ring. Now he struggles again to the ropes. Shamrock is losing his leverage and Val finally gets there. Shamrock breaks the hold and works over the back some more. The crowd is silent. Odd that Shamrock rarely gets cheers anymore. JR just acknowledged that he may be turning hill. Ken was never super over but was fairly so. Val gets in a little offence with a Russian leg sweep, drops him after two elbows and gets a two count. Two. Shamrock clips a leg and puts the lock in and it is over. I mean, it was not bad. They're clearly unsure what to do with Venus as he gets pushed and then loses and is dominated even at times. Well, Goldust comes down as Terry checks on Val. Runs, Goldust hangs Val up in the corner and kicks him square in the balls. He crawls towards Terry who cowers on the floor. Vince and friends are looking at the car. Briscoe says they could get a shovel. <laughs> Mankind tries to find the keys and briefcase as he digs through the cement and Vince is getting pissed. Well, Rock is bragging that he has already beat Kane and Undertaker once. He does not want to be Austin's partner. Brown and Henry come in and are not happy about that development. Rock will talk about Rock about it in a minute. And match seven is Mankind versus X-Pug. Pack gets manhandled, he's powerbombed. Pack ducks a blow, but he runs into him and staggers back. Pack is then flung into the corner. Mankind runs into a kick, but he grabs and tosses Pack to the floor. Mankind heads after him, swings him into the steps. Foley has a chair and a ref talks him down. Pack is worked over in the corner, but he runs into two boots and then struck with a spinning kick, and it is buster time. Mankind, though, is up and runs him over. He picks up Pack. Tosses him and an uppercut sends him to the floor. Shamrock has come down. He hits Mankind in the ankle with a chair and Pack rolls him up for the win. I mean, it was decent and it sets up their match at the pay-per-view. Well, Shamrock gets in the ring and crushes Pack with a belly-to-belly and then knocks Mankind to the floor. Shamrock puts him in a head scissors. Mankind just stands there and tosses in a chair as Pack is getting his head squeezed off. 
Briscoe and Patterson want Mankind in the back and lead him off. Shamrock finally breaks the hold. And you can see Triple H out here on crutches, the former Intercontinental Champion. And X-Pac wants it to go on. He lost the European title. Now he wants to be the Intercontinental Champion. But Shamrock is looking for the opportunity as well. Plants X-Pac with a DDT. And with that neck injury, I don't know how long X-Pac can go. I mean, both these men have had three matches here tonight. It would be nice if the Intercontinental title could stay in DX, but it doesn't look that way at the moment. Well, Triple H has joined the commentary team as he comments on uh, one of his best friends, X-Pac, getting beaten up. But X-Pac now starting to fight as he's rocking Shamrock. Oh, my God. But Ken responds with just a big lariat and just takes X-Pac down. And Shamrock just picks X-Pac up, drops from that top rope of ease, then leaps over the top rope, goes to the apron. And Shamrock is focused, probably the most focused we've seen him. Shamrock there to the ref's count, gets back in the ring, breaks it, and then just starts hammering on X-Pac some more as his head's draped over the apron. Oh, my God, he's got a kind of dragon sleeper in there. Oh, and referee there, and he got the five. Oh, Pac managing to fight back with a spinning heel kick, knocks Shamrock down, and X-Pac is fired up. So is Triple H and commentary saying that Vince McMahon didn't call him, tell him that he's going to lose the Intercontinental title. He saw it on TV. X-Pac gets another kick. As he works over Shamrock, who's in the corner. And he's put in position now, maybe for the Bronco Buster, if he's got the energy. X-Pac feeding off the crowd at the moment. Hits the Buster. Problem is, though, with someone like Shamrock, that might just enrage him, but he looks out of it at the moment. Shamrock's slowly getting to his X-Pac's had enough damage done to him. Uh-oh. And Shamrock just picks the foot out of the air. He's got the ankle lock. Will X-Pac... No, I was about to say, when he tap out, he gets to the bottom rope. I can't really remember X-Pac tapping out beforehand. X-Pac clawing and trying to get to that bottom rope again, but Shamrock just drags him back to the middle of the ring. Oh, my Makes God. X-Pac tap, and your new Intercontinental Champion, Ken Shamrock. The world's most dangerous man... And that attitude change for him has worked out. <laughs> His first singles title in the WWF, and he looks, I would say, happy about it, but he's got a psychopath look about him. And now he's staring at Triple H. Triple H's got an injured leg. Do not go in there with Ken Shamrock. And JR's put an X-Buck over the amount of courage he's got. It's a good showing for him. Three matches here tonight as well. Yeah, well, X-Pac has got some internal bleeding going on. And Mankind gets into the ring with a chair. Well, he doesn't want him to cheap shop <clears throat> X-Buck anymore. And now Shamrock's arguing with the fans at ringside. But he is the Intercontinental Champion. What are you making on that, Dan? Where's his belt? <laughs> yeah, that's what I just thought about. He definitely is the Intercontinental Champion. Not a bad showing, though, by X-Buck and Ken Shamrock there. We saw what happened earlier in the night. The bad motherfucker is here. Horses come out in the box, give him the eyebrow, and they're facing off with the Undertaker and Kane. And here we go, they're getting there, but they get stopped by the Undertaker and Kane straight away. And it is starting here. They manage to turn it round, Rock clotheslines the Undertaker, Austin sends Kane over the top. He's going outside to chase him down. And now Rock and Austin working together as a team. Oh, double back elbow on the Undertaker, takes him down. Can the Brothers of Destruction get on there? I mean, you know, it was Kane that hit Undertaker with a chair. It really cost him the match, and it was the Undertaker that cost Kane the match. 
against uh, the Rock earlier. Uh, the thing is, as well, is that on Sunday, Judgment Day, the Brothers Destruction have to face off. One of them, you know, is going to be the winner. And they look at Austin Catton the fall, but they know they're going to have to go through hell to get to even that moment. And the Undertaker there, diving clothesline, taking out Austin. Oh, my God. Paul Bear is making his way down to the ring. Is there a third Undertaker brother we don't know about? Well, we haven't seen Paul Bearer in a very long time. Not since Kane decided to team with the Undertaker. You know how much the Undertaker hates Paul Bearer. Now the Undertaker's in complete control of Austin as he bounces his head off the turnbuckle. But Undertaker's a bit too distracted by Paul Bearer. Well, that distraction allowed Austin to get back in it, and he's taken Undertaker down, wrapped his leg against the ring post. So Paul Bearer's helping out at this moment in time for Austin and The Rock. There was a big right-handed Undertaker rocking him, pun intended. As he gets slammed down, is he going to drop that famous people's elbow? Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never seen that before. Rock goes for the cover. Wow, Rock looking to drop the elbow. Undertaker sitting up. He gets kicked back down as, and then drops the elbow. Kane comes in, distracts the ref, and the Rock just gives the Undertaker a big punch in the knackers. <laughs> Calls the Undertaker out. He walks into a Rock bottom. But that brings Kane into the ring, who gets cut off immediately by the Rock. But a distraction long enough for the Undertaker to choke slam the Rock. Undertaker still feeling that pain in his knackers. Well, I think he could have pinned him then, but instead tags in Kane. Kane going to end it here. Short arm clothesline from the big red machine. Now the Nation are making their way down to ringside. Paul Bearer and Mark Henry are going to have a belly off. Well, I wonder if the Rocks discussed with uh, Mark Henry and Delo what he wanted to earlier. They want to have a word of him. At the moment, he's getting beaten up by Kane. Now, the Brothers of Destruction are certainly working as a well-oiled unit. Maybe the Undertaker and Kane will just be fighting over the WF title for the next few years. You know, if they can take out Austin and The Rock, the, the, the two biggest challenges to them, two biggest threats, then maybe they can just share the championship year after year. I'm surprised they're getting on so well. That'd make WrestleMania 17 an interesting place, wouldn't it? <laughs> you can see, I think the Undertaker could have gone for a pin, but instead he wants to hurt the rock. It was a big right hand, just glaring over at Austin. Kane in with a big right hand as the Undertaker tags him in. And Paul Bear watching his son taking on Kane. <laughs> that would be a shocker, wouldn't it? The Rock is Paul Bearer's son. Going for the cover. And Austin has to pull Kane off. And interrupts the count. Well, it gives The Rock enough chance to try and fight back to Kane. But a big up machine stops him in his tracks. The Rock managing to dodge a Kane clothesline. Plants him with a DDT. Was that taking everything out of The Rock? Kane sits up. Finally a little bit of separation. But like I say, not for long. And just runs right through the great one. But credit to the Rock's toughness. Back on his feet again. Kane hangs him up on the top rope. <laughs> Look at each other. Kane jumping up to the top. Oh, and planting the back of Rock's head. That's some fucking good agility. I've never seen Kane like that before. <laughs> no, it's quite impressive. But can't keep the Rock down. He kicks out. Ah. Uh -huh. D-Lo, Mark Henry having a chat ringside. 
I love Jay on commentary because he tries to hype the shit out of every pay-per-view, doesn't he, you know? Judgment yeah. Day is going to be like the kind of biggest war, best show ever. Electrifying. And both Undertaker and Kane stamping across the Rock's throat. And it is this Sunday on pay-per-view. Oh, is it this Sunday? I'm not sure. I don't know if JR mentioned that. And the Undertaker scared the referee out and distracted him, allowing Kane to beat up the Rock on the outside. Austin was too late as he went round. Kane already moved away. Austin there primed for a tag, but I don't think the Rock can make it as the Undertaker tags in his brother Kane. I mean, he's been beaten up most of this match by the brothers of destruction. I don't think any man can survive this on so Austin couldn't at the last pay for breakdown. And what has the Rock got left in him? Uh, don't look like he's got a lot left. As Kane's got a chin lock on. But a Rock managing to fight back with some big rights. Irish whip to Kane gets reversed. Ducks a clothesline from the big red machine though. Catches him some mow and drop. But that, that was all he... was his chance. Unfortunately for him, Kane's in his way to get to Austin. Oh, Kane sits up, manages to get a tag to the Undertaker. The Rock manages to tag Austin in, who ducks Undertaker's clothesline attempt and just unleashes hell. Undertaker gets Irish ripped into back clothesline. No, well, d Brown just suplexed Rock on the outside. Mike Henry splashes him. Twice. What the hell? Well, I guess the nation's not anymore. Austin's coming and he's been on fire, baby. Runs into a big boot, gets oh. tied up in the ring ropes. Oh my god, this is the worst place to be. The Undertaker got three shots. The referee will do nothing about this. For God's sake, somebody help him. He can't defend himself as he kicks Undertaker as he's coming in. Manages to free himself and just unloads again on the Undertaker. Oh, huge clothesline. Austin going for the cover. Oh, but the Undertaker managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And sit up. Reverses the Irish whip. Attempt. Oh! Fez press from Austin though. Kane's in. Grabs Austin by his head and just pulls him off of the Undertaker. Then gets rammed into the corner. Stone Cold just ramming his shoulder into Kane, but Undertaker there to break it up. Well, it's impossible odds for the Rattlesnake, but he fights at every opportunity he gets. And Austin still managing to fight back. A masked man's in the ring. Oh! The masked Big ma boss man. Who's wearing shield gear. Big boss man is McMahon's new security. He said, watch your back. During the night, and boss man's just come out with a nightstick and just taken out Austin. He's back, and he looks in good shape, does the boss man. It looks like the Shield's dad, but still, it's cool, look. And look at Vincent Manley smirking, Dan. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette on his gob. He's got a smile on his face, because yet again, he's got one up on Austin. Well, oh, he who laughs last, and Kane, the Undertaker, decimated him. Head of security boss man watching over. Well, the master plan by McMahon is working for him right now. But will Steve Austin be humbled at Judgment Day in his WF title match? He might be uh, in serious trouble right now. He might not even make it to Judgment Day. And the Stooges are beating on Austin. Stank up managing to get to his feet. Well, that is the first ever Intercontinental Champion, Pat Patterson there. And, of course, the legendary Gerald Briscoe, former NWA Tag Team Champion. But Austin fighting back. You've got to admit, there's balls to Austin. Oh One star. <laughs> two star. <laughs> Rock gets back in the ring. Bang, a double people's elbow. Austin punches Sergeant S. Laughter. Vince trying to get away, but his chair's <laughs> just not going. 
and Slaughter just getting punched and McMahon stuck. <laughs> Austin tips him backwards out of his chair and just puts the boots to Vinnie Mac. <laughs> We're selling it. Well, Austin is the last man standing here on extra attitude. Well, it was a nice main event. Nothing really great, but it did the job of setting up the pay-per-view. And nice to see Boss Man back and hopefully you get something to do. Yeah, I mean, they set up the pay-per-view relatively well. Uh, I'm not a fan of cramming a tournament into one night, especially right after a pay-per-view. Right However, before. Especially the... Yeah, what? Right before. Well, they did set up a pay-per-view relatively well. I'm not a fan of Kremlin. T- I'm a fan of it, actually. They did set up the pay-per-view relatively well, and they did well having a tournament in one night, especially right before the pay-per-view. However, there was some decent wrestling. The Austin scenes were classic. The Rock continues getting a big push. His break from Nation will be complete at the pay-per-view. Now, the pay-per-view does not look great. LOD and DOA, DOA ending their long running. Tag title match, that does nothing for me. The IC title match could be solid. Rock and Henry, not so much. Another Undertaker K match? Well, let's see if it actually delivers. Well, at the last pay-per-view, Kane and The Undertaker both pinned Steve Austin in a triple threat, leaving the WWF heavyweight title up in the air. Since both men were victorious, Vince decided to book a Kane versus Undertaker match and rub it into into Steve Austin. He declared that Austin would be the special referee. And if Austin doesn't do a good job, he's fine. Well, in the interim, we saw a number of big moments that become associated with the attitude era, such as Austin giving Vince's bunghole a little how's your father in the hospital, and Austin filling Vince's car with cement. So it is October the 18th, 1998, live from Chicago, Illinois. Your hosts are JR and Jerry Lawler. The opening match is Mark Merrow with Jacqueline versus Al Snow. Yeah, Al wins the match with 7 minutes 14. Al had a great gimmick for the open match at this point. He had the effort to match. The next match was Droz and LOD 2000 versus Paul Ellering and the DOA. Droz sneaks in, scores a winning pin, although, uh, uh, sorry, Droz plays face in peril. The LOD tags in, cleans house, hitting Doomsday Device on Skull. Droz sneaks in and scores the winning pin, though, at 5.56. Well, the original LOD was just standing around posing. How's that dick move by Droz? Hawk doesn't even seem to like it much, though. Then a light heavyweight championship tackle match Noku with Yamaguchi-san versus Christian. Actually, this is quite a good match. Uh, I, I, I remember watching this, and it was a good encounter between the two. And what was really more enjoyable was actually Christian picking up his first title, uh, winning at 8 minutes 36. It lasts about a month before he dropped the title to Gilbert, turning it into a joke once and for all. Well, Val Venus with Terry Reynolds versus Goldust was the next match, and it is the battle of the movie icons. It's the return of Goldust. You know, we haven't seen Goldust in a long while since back 1997 properly. Cause he's been the artist formerly known as Goldust. So we've got that character back. And he come on strong at the last pass. Uh, Dustin Reynolds lost to Val Venus. This time out, Goldust back. And it's a completely different character to look like. He dominated Val Venus, really. Uh, and kicked him right in the bollocks. And that was enough for the win at 12 minutes, 9 seconds. Well, it was much better than the previous month's match and the finish fitting well with the booking of the storyline. Terry would later try to make up with Goldust when Val kicked her to the curb after she found out she was pregnant. Then it would turn out that she was never pregnant. It's a whole big thing. You don't even want to know. The European title next, D'Lo Brown versus X-Pac. We saw X-Pac and Raw going through three tough matches there. So it's going to be difficult for him to try and get back into this one against D'Lo Brown. But to the surprise of basically everybody, frustrated D'Lo Brown, power bombs puck for two. Two. But comes off the top right into the X-Factor. One, two, three. 
Xbox McLean's title at 14 minutes 36 seconds. These two have some fun matches, fun matches during the fall, and this was probably the Xbox versus D'Lo Brown European title feud. Yeah, well, we've got the WWF Tag Team Titles, the New Age Outlaws versus the Headbangers. Billy blocks an avalanche and hits a backdrop suplex. Billy staggers to his corner, but Thrasher runs in, cuts him off. That leads to Road Dog getting pissed off and hitting Mosh in the face with a boombox at 14 minutes and a second. The Outlaws lose the match, but keep their titles. Well, in the back, Michael Cole spreads the room that Paul Bear has been talking to both Undertaker and Kane. Mankind interrupts and allows Mr. Socko to cut a promo. A high-pitched Mr. Spocko, Socko spouting Shamrock's catchphrases is hilarious. And the Intercontinental title match, Ken Shamrock versus Mankind was up next. The Rock moved out of the mid-card, leaving these two behind to feud over the Intercontinental title. Shamrock pulls him in the... Oh, no. Um, to be fair, this wasn't a bad match between the two either. We've seen the kind of feud building. Uh, and it was kind of a battle of submissions at the ankle lock versus the Man McClaw and Mankind saying that he was so tough he would never kind of tap out to the move. Yeah, well, Mankind starts pounding on his own face, puts himself in the mandible claw to avoid giving Shamrock the satisfaction. Shamrock technically gets a submission at 14 minutes, 37 seconds. <laughs> but Mick gets the mole victory. After the match, Shamrock starts taking out referees, allowing Mankind to recover and put him out with a mandible claw. That was a very uh, innovative finish. It was an inventive finish. You're right about that. Uh, to have Mankind still, you know, keeping his character across and Shamrock came across... As a big baddie, you know, he won the title, and now he's beaten Mankind as well. In the back, Michael Cole tries to get a word with Vince McMahon, but the big boss man chases him away. He says, get out of here, boy. I don't want to leave him. I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to fuck it. The next match is The Rock versus Mark Henry. And before the match, Mark Henry delivers a poem dedicated to China. The Rock comes back with DDT and the people's elbow. D-Lo comes out to distract The Rock, allowing Henry to hit a lariat and pick up the win with a splash at 5 minutes 4 seconds. No one really expected this, but it makes a lot of sense. was already being pushed to the top by the audience, and nothing was going to derail him except maybe a hill turn. <coughs> the match wasn't much, but at least Henry could move then. Well, we get the vacant WF heavyweight title, The Undertaker versus Kane. Steve Austin is your referee, of course. Austin flips off both guys during the pre-match instructions. Untaker attacks early and they trade blows. Taker works a zombie sit-up and hits a clothesline. Austin is very slow to count. Kane hits a clothesline and gets a fast two count. Two. Draw more glaring from the Untaker. They head to the floor and Austin advises Taker to strangle Kane with a piece of cable. <laughs> Back in, Taker suplexes Kane, but Kane sits up first. They botch a spot where Taker's supposed to slip over Kane's shoulders, but Kane can't get him up, so they repeat the spot. Taker clips Kane's leg and goes to work on it. Kane comes back with some boring stuff, but Taker clips his leg again. Taker locks him in a tree away and works the leg a little more, drawing boring chance from the crowd. So who will win this? Will it be the Untaker, or will it be Kane? Well, Kane's uh, certainly got the advantage thus far. Close line down, Undertaker, but is uh, slow to get to his feet. And they both have taken it out of the other. Austin didn't put on the striped shirt then. It's a waste of Austin, though, to have him as referee, do you know what I mean? But, oh my God. Oh, Kane, Irish rips Undertaker into Austin and then catches Austin by the throat, choke slams him. Oh, why did Kane chase him? Maybe he thought Austin was coming for him. And now the Undertaker puts the boots to Austin as well. Oh, what is going on here? Why would they beat up the referee? Why none of them, neither of them, would become champion? 
Uh, Kane drops the elbow across the throat of the uh, across the throat of Austin. <laughs> it's Kane from behind. He wants to get the opportunity, and does he really think that Austin is going to count full? But maybe Austin didn't see the Undertaker attack him. He just thought it was Kane. But then, can you get the title by a disqualification victory? I don't know. Kane just hit the chokes on the Undertaker. Vince McMahon wants Austin to make a count, no matter what. If he doesn't, he's fired. Well, that could be a, a a plan then. If he doesn't make the count, then he gets fired. But Paul Bear is making his way down to the ring. No, he's waddling with a chair. There. Waddling with a chair. Is that so he can stop halfway because he gets out of breath? <laughs> yeah, just rest on it. Well, Kane's up, and Paul Bear. What? Maybe his son's just about to come a two-time WF champion. He's signalling for the end here. Kane, listen to me. Let me do it. Oh, let me do it. Well, if not. Barry wants to do it for Kane. And Yante gets no. his Oh, my Barry hits Kane with a chair. Why would... And he seems very pleased with himself until Kane turns round. Why would Paul Barry betray his son here tonight? Hit him from behind a year after bringing him to the WF. And an undertaker with a thunderous chair shot across the head of Kane. And Paul Barry signaling for Yante to go for the cover. Austin's recovered. Will he count? He's not counting. And I think he just flipped off the Undertaker. Says Undertaker, pin him. Oh. As Undertaker turns around, he gets hit with a stunner. And then with a steel <laughs> chair. One, two, three. Austin has pinned both men's shoulders to the floor. <laughs> and gets on the mic and announces the winner of the match is Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> And Austin wants a man to come out here and say, you know, he said he was going to fire me. Well, not many men would, you know, would ask their boss to fire them, but that's what Austin's doing right now. Looks like he's going to the back to find McMahon. Oh, my God. Austin is looking for McMahon. Hey, Vincent. <laughs> we better miss it. It's big door with McMahon on it. Oh, no, that's the superstar line. Goes back the way he came. He's not in the production office. No, just Terry Taylor in there. Turbo Terry Taylor. <laughs> Austin says you sickened me. Terry, uh, Bruce Pritchard there. The headset on. <clears throat> and he comes back out to ringside. Much like Eric Bischoff did to Austin. Fire him over the phone. Well, Austin says... The man hasn't got the balls. Well, there he is. The screen's gone up and he's behind it. And there's boss man behind him. No, but man's not actually going to do it, is he? Oh, my God. God. You're fired. He's just filed the rattlesnake. Oh <laughs> my God. Look at the drinks being thrown now. Shocking there. Austin has been fired. Dan, what are your thoughts? Wow. I mean, you know, I never thought he'd ever be fired. He's too much of a money machine, but I guess, uh, yeah, that is, we're never going to see Austin ever again. And he can go to WCW and this will definitely turn. Oh my God, he broke his neck then. The ratings war. He's got a couple of Steve Wises there. And Austin fires McMahon. Austin. Austin fires McMahon. Austin fires McMahon. McMahon fires Austin. McMahon warned Austin. He said, if you don't count, you will be fired. And, and that's what happened. Oh, one and he's necking that one as well. One full of ode, Steve. One full of ode. And that's the bottom line, because Vincent Mann said so. So it's Monday Night Raw, 19th October 1998, the night after Judgment Day. 
It will be interesting to see what happens as there is no champ. Raw one handedly with a 5.0 across the board while Nitro received a 4.4. Well, Vince has everyone come down to the ring and there are balloons. Vince comes out finally in his wheelchair and he guarantees and pauses as that is the word he used when he discussed getting rid of Austin. There will be at the pay-per-view for the title as it is vacant. The fans chant arsehole as he revels in it and he reiterates firing him and how happy he was doing it and tells him that he's fired again. They show the look of disbelief on Austin's face on the Titan. Austin talks about hunting and Vince states it is for a job. If Austin ever wants to be near the WF again, he has to pay for a ticket. The fans are wondering what it's like to be Vincent Mann and have the balls to fire Austin. He searched his feelings and declared it felt good to fire him. Then he felt great and this morning it was better than sex. Hopefully the wrestlers in the ring take this as a lesson as no one is as big as Vince. All the Austin gear that the fans wear is now a collector's item and a new fad will sweep the world and that is McMahon 316 and it states I have the brass to fire your ass." Now Austin is on the Titantron wearing fatigues and he has a gun. Vince looks worried. Well now they are back and Bossman wearing combat fatigues is told to get rid of Austin. Vince and his cronies are confirming and Vince wants the camera left on in order to document what happens. Austin is cleaning his gun. Apparently he's at the arena, hence the camera there, as that would make no sense otherwise. Well, yes, and it is match one. Ken Shamrock versus X-Pac. It's a non-title match. First, they panted the X hanging out with Motley Crue earlier and Road Dogg sounds like a fucking tool as he gushes. They will be on Heat and then Raw next week. Well, Vince is watching the match with a canine and an officer. Shamrock has him in a head hold of some sort as China is being arrested and she squeaks in protest. Pack, es- <coughs> Pack escapes and connects with some kicks but runs right into a power slam and nearly pinned. Pack is sent into the corner and sandwiched but Pack in return and misses the buster as a fan yells that he sucks. Shamrock follows up with a suplex then Ken Sham- slams him down again and Mankind has come down. He is hit and pulled into the ring but is put in the claw Shamrock counters with a belly-to-belly, but he turns right into a face buster, and Pack wins. Pack wins? Well, whatever works, it's angle advancement. China is placed into a police car as DX wines. Austin is talking to some fans about guns and wrestling as he signs some autographs. Vince is in the back, bitching about what's going on, and what kind of cops these are. Those were the cops that got the autographs. The cop with the dog leaves and does not want to risk his life. Vince screams damn it a few times and whines about protection as Briscoe goes to look for some. Well, Headbangers knock out Laws promo tell everyone they suck. Well, match two is the Headbangers versus LOD. Headbangers start strong but get knocked to the floor. Draws is rolled up and beaten. He blames Hawk for the loss. Well, it is a bit of angle advancement, I suppose. Back to Vincent Patterson is going to get some coffee. S laughter leaves and so does Briscoe. And now he's alone and Vince freaks out. Well, after the break, Socko pops through the door and he's his new security guard. Vince is actually happy to see him, and Mankind excited because it would be like a sleepover. Well, Undertaker is with Paul Barrett in the ring. Taker states that there has been a reconciliation. He talks about the vision and understanding of the power of the darkness. Paul helps him clear his head and focus on why he's truly here. Now, something about being some ink and darkness. Paul's turn, and he is fucking annoying. He used Kane like a pet because he's stupid and weak. He turned his back on him twice, and he never understood the darkness. So we'll never have any use for him. Taker admits setting the fire and only survive. Cue Kane. Kane is pushing a casket, fucking voice box, and challenges him to a casket match tonight. Undertaker will rest in peace. So after two years of uh, 
divide between the two. They are back together. Of course, Paul Bearer turned his back on the Undertaker at SummerSlam 1996. And the Undertaker, weirdly enough, admitting that he started the fire and not Kane to, to not only kill his parents, but also to do that to Kane. So Kane feel real victim. But like you said, casket match later. So but, Kane is a face now. Kane is a face, yeah. Now back to the goofiness of mankind. <laughs> He's played Twister with Vince and calls him a party pooper. Vince wants him out of here and he doesn't want to play games. Too bad. They pound on the other people in the room. He throws stuff at a man at mankind until he leaves. Well, match three is Steve Blackman versus Jeff Jarrett, and that is J E double F J A double R E double T. Deborah comes out with double J. She's looking. I must say, Blackman escapes a blow, but Jarrett goes behind and drops him, but misses the elbow drop. The drop kick sends him to the eight, but his throat is bounced off the top. Jeff then goes up and misses, and is nearly pinned as a fast chance for Jebber to. Quote, show her her tits. And Jarrett strikes with a singing, swinging netbreaker and gets two, two after a drop kick. Blackman just stands there for the slow developing DDT. Double J's whip is reversed into the corner, but he gets the elbow up. Now Blackman takes charge with a belly to belly and Jay's head. Blue Blazer runs down and he annihilates Blackman. Jarrett helps him out as the fans chant Nugget. Al Snow comes down and Deborah distracts him and he gets blasted with the guitar. Well, it's another weak match really, isn't it? You know, Well, Vince is now alone. He jumps as the phone rings. It's Austin and he's coming for him. He's on the phone again and talking to the limo driver and Austin is no longer out there. He wants the limo door left open for him. Why would Vince pick a room that does not lock? Vince is wheeling out towards the garage and moving with some hesitancy. He sees the limo and heads towards it. The door is open for him and he is helped into the back and Austin is right there and grabs him. Vince screams no what Vince screams no and he cannot get away. He tells Vince to freeze and then wheels it back towards the building. He grabs his hunting bow as he runs the chair into objects. Vince screams about his ankle. He runs into the door and then shuts Vince in his room with him there. Austin has a gun too, and that is why Vince throws too. And Vince's look on his face is absolutely stupid at that point. I mean, that's, that's in the ring at that time, but you can just see that man's kind of mannerisms. A near cry, a near crying Vince is talking to Austin. He has never been hunting. He just took pictures. Austin shows him a knife and talks about killing an elephant or something like that. Well, here comes The Rock. And it's The Rock versus D'Lo Brown. Rock takes him down, strikes with a swinging net breaker, and then nuts him as Henry jaws with the ref. Dilo gets right back up, though, and strikes with a DDT. He pounds him in the corner, whips him into the other one, only to charge into a clothesline. Brown, though, tosses him over the top rope. As Dilo distracts the ref, Henry clotheslines the rock and rolls him into the ring. Brown gets two. Two. And then slams him and misses the elbow drop. Tosses him with a fallaway slam. Rock picks him up and tosses him with a fallaway slam. Brown misses a shot and is DDT'd. Brown walks into the body slam and the roof comes off of the elbow and he delivers it. Brown for low, <clears throat> Brown low uppercuts him and then goes up to the middle rope and jumps right into the rock bottom. Mike Henry gets in the ring and he's too assaulted, but the number of games takes over and the rock is squashed with a big splash and another one as ref tries to get him away from the rock. Well, I thought this would be a bit longer as Brown has some skill. Oh well, not sure what is going on with this feud. Austin calls Vince dumb and he's taking his ass tonight as he carves up an apple with a knife. He is talking murder. Well, Vince tells him it will not get away with it. Austin is not worried as he stated he was going hunting and instead of a deer, he got a jackass. Well, Tiger Alley Singh is in the ring and he mocks the eating habits of Americans. He talks about canned meat and hot dogs and he will pay $500 to a woman 
if she will swallow Babu's kebasa hull. She has big gold titties. <laughs> she has large breasts. And she's a cougar. She swallows that shit hull. Damn! And Tiger calls her a peasant and she does it again. The crowd cheers as Godfather comes out and talks about pimping. Talks about a pimping custom. He talks about hoes paying pimps and that a woman and that woman was one of his hoes. She was a good hoe too. Tiger is upset as he wanted an amateur. He could have had a lot cheaper than five hundred dollars. Tiger is pissed and shoves Babu at him, but his body slammed and the ref pulls him apart. Don't forget we've got the uh, very first ever women's only pay-per-view coming 28th of October. Oh, it's unbelievable what he did during the action. Well, just era. remember, I'm only reading what James wrote. I here. didn't write that. I, I just found this on the pavement. Austin is showing off his bullseye shot with the arrow. That is disgusting. Oh, wait a minute. No, I understand what he's doing. Vince is all worried. Austin assures him that he was not free him and then tells Vince about deliverance. Let's go like a bit, boy. Away! He wants Vince to score like a pig and Vince oinks. And then, the t- then he does it louder and louder. Well, after the break, Austin is talking about misery and what Kathy Bates did to James Carl. He wonders if this could really happen. And Vince screams for help as Austin tells him to shut up and covers his mouth with duct tape and then wraps it around him as he's going to look for a sledgehammer. Up next is Mankind versus Val Venus. Well, they exchange shots. Val loads with running knees and a side Russian leg sweep. Val thrusts his hips as he straddles Mankind. Val mounts and pounds him. Mankind is pushed off, but is clotheslined and then choked out on the ropes. Mankind makes a comeback and Val gets run over and it is sucko time as the ref is distracted. And Shamrock blasts Mankind with a chair to the knee and gets Val the win. It's angle advancement. Well, Mankind is not happy and goes after Ken, flinging him into the steps and they brawl in the crowd. Mankind then nails him with a chair. Well, Val and Terry are in the ring and cue Goldust music. He's on the Titantron and he's going to shatter Val's dreams again and again until he never forgets the name of. Val's a bit worried as Terry whispers something to him and she's smirking as he leaves. No, James, she wasn't grinning. She was smiling. (laughs) No, James, she wasn't smoking a cigarette. She was smiling. Well, Austin is still discussing the misery thing. He is not happy about being defied. Austin is still discussing the misery thing. He is not happy about being fired and he has bigger plans. And when those plans are carried out, Vince will not feel a thing. After the break, he wants Vince to relax in order to not have to. They will watch some TV and has to pick either Kane or The Undertaker. He finally picks Kane. And if Kane wins, they will do things the easy way. And if he loses, well then, it will be the hard way. I said... uh... I mean, how weird is it to see Paul Bearer walking out of here with the Undertaker, you know, after being at each throats these past couple of years and now nothing has changed. And, you know, it's a difference in the music and there's a different kind of look to all about the darkness of the Undertaker as he comes out here. But Austin is wanting... Oh, but man wants Kane to win this one. And Kane has started off now with the uppercut. Of course, this is a casket match. So if Kane wins, Austin does things the easy way. And if the Undertaker wins, he does things the hard way. I mean, what could be the hard way, considering what Austin's been putting on uh, through these past few weeks, you know? Well, I'd hate to see the hard way. Well, as soon as though the last match got a boring chunk, can this one be any better? Well, I don't know at the moment. Fans don't seem that interested. This is a match we've kind of seen over and over again recently. We can see the gold dust on the mat from where we yeah. saw him earlier. Where's Dustin? As they go for the cover but for no reason can imagine to sit up and uh, it's weird though what's interesting about it is Austin of course said, well man said to Austin 
night after WrestleMania, we would do things, you know, the easy way or the hard way. He gave Austin a choice, and now Austin's kind of repaid that. So in a story type way, it's kind of interesting still that we're talking about it. And of course, let's not forget we are now on the road, basically, to the Deadly Games Tournament. Survivor Series 1998. It's been probably one of the most requested things on the WNR podcast. And it is coming to you next month. But we still got a couple of episodes of Raw to watch. A couple of Nitros. Of course, Halloween Havoc, a Halloween special as well. And this is an even match. And Undertaker calls for the casket lid to be opened. As he's punching Kane towards the side of the ring with a casket. Close lines him over the top, but Kane lands on his feet. And now both men are stood in the casket fighting. That's a Paul Bearer-sized casket. <laughs> it's massive. It's the old one that used to fit Yokozuna in. As Kane is choking out the Undertaker. Both men in it right now. Oh. Undertaker with a low blow to the big red machine, though. Maybe the Undertaker thinks Kane's too powerful and he needs that kind of darkness to do more demonic stuff. Oof. Undertaker planting came with a DDT into the casket. And the casket is lowered and both men in there. And Volbert's got a chair and he seems happy. It's the most entertaining bit of their fight. Rattling and breaking. Well, these two men, I've never seen the casket being destroyed before. And Kane trying to push Yantaker through the side. And how the hell can he have a casket match with no casket? No, he's actually attacking the casket rather than Kane. Yeah. <laughs> so is Kane. Kane with a little mule kick there <laughs> to the side of the casket. Nice headbutt by the Undertaker. He's on the apron. Kane staggering to his feet. Undertaker looking for a double axe handle smash, but Kane catches him and rams him back first into the edge of the ring. I have no doubt in my mind if if WrestleMania this match, you know, their match was like either this one or the one we saw at Judgment Day, then Kane wouldn't have made it. Do you know what I mean? No. Like it, I'm not saying I'm blaming Kane. I think maybe the Undertaker's slowing up over time as Kane's chasing his dad now. Oh! But the Undertaker catches up with him and slams him on the back of a metal chair. And the ref's now saying, you've got, come on, you've got to take this back. And the Undertaker pulled out walking off. <clears throat> What's going on here then? What's that mean for the match? Well, Kane picks up a, the chair and he tracks him down. Well, more importantly, what's that mean for McMahon? Well, McMahon looks defeated <laughs> as Austin tells him, you're going to come with me. I feel a little bit sorry for Vince McMahon here. Oh, I accidentally bumped into the wall. See, please, one more time. Well, Austin is not contracting. He's walked in with a gun. But at least he's helping McMahon. Chow looks right, Bell pulls this up. Yeah. Is he blinking in fucking Morse code? Classic Jim Ross and King there, though, isn't it? He'd get even worse. He's just about to suffer his other attack now. Not not, not on Raw, but... Oh, that would have been fun and entertaining, mm. Teddy. Well, the man enjoyed firing Austin last night. It's come back to haunt him now. I'd like to do this to a boss that has fired me. Mm. How far would you take it? I'll be out there with a fucking arrow. You have failed this city. Well, JR wants to get a hostage negotiator. Well, I could go on and on about the legalities of this episode and how the Raw crew listened to Austin, who was going to kill their boss. No security or police. Of course, it shows how no one likes Vince, too. Overall entertained, and that is the point. 
Foul and goal does seem to be running its course quick. Rock of the Nation need to end soon and just get him to the title hunt. Well, Kane and the Undertaker has gotten old a year later. Austin and McMahon has some life left, but it seems that it will continue for some time, and I wonder how they will sustain it. Not the greatest follow-up, and it could have been better wrestling, but it did the job. So are they coming out here? Oh, they've got to be, haven't they? Oh, here oh. they come. And McMahon's trying to get out the tape, but Austin is armed. Not only with bow and arrow, we know he's got a knife, a gun. Situation. And JR selling it as the most extraordinary situation. Austin's got a bow. And he wants to end McMahon here tonight. So they come back to haunt him. And McMahon is in serious trouble. And the trouble, fans trouble, love trouble, it. Trouble, 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 trouble. So Austin showing the evidence earlier, McMahon. And Austin just called McMahon pathetic. McMahon has been humiliated after thinking he had the one-up on Austin. There's a little letter he just put in McMahon's pocket. <laughs> oh, poor Mr. McMahon. <laughs> oh, butter won't melt. He's saying this to the end. <laughs> and the fans want it. <clears throat> no sympathy. Oh, my God, he's got the gum. He's going to shoot McMahon live on air. <laughs> Look at McMahon's face. <laughs> and his eyes. <laughs> oh. Bang, 316. It was a toy gun. McMahon screwed McMahon. He's pissed his pants. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and a stunner for good men. Oh, my God. Austin is one-upped. Vince McMahon. Brilliant television. It is fantastic, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? To have that moment there for Stone Cold Steve Austin to get one up on McMahon, to make McMahon look so humiliated. Don't put the camera up, McMahon. Well, hopefully we'll find out on the next episode of WWE vs. WCW. Oh, now look at Austin helping McMahon up. Are you okay, Vince? <laughs> oh, no! And another stunner again for good measure. Oh, hang on a minute. Extra attitude. Austin sanding over Vinnie Mac. Posing. <laughs> and McMahon is crying. Well, wouldn't you? you just been made to piss yourself on live TV because you thought you was going to die. Well, Sergeant S. Laughter, Patterson and Briscoe are all surrounding Vinnie Mac as the fans throw their cups in the ring. All right, so what have we been watching on the watch list on the network then, Dan? Hmm? Let me start us off. So I watched the ride-along that happened, I don't know if you saw this, on the 8th of October. Nope. It's a BFF Bon Voyage in sunny Orlando. Charlotte and Becky Lynch go on a shopping spree before their fallout, while Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville enjoy a donut delight. Do you know something? I don't mind ride-along. Deville and Rose came across as quite a nice... Uh, a couple really and what was uh, some people might find surprising but I really enjoyed was the fact that Sonia Deville was very out about the fact that she was gay you know and they were even talking about it between the two she of was them. or she is she is gay you know and um, I think once you're gay you, you stay gay I'm not I'm not sure about the rules but I don't we, know James are you still gay I, I'm, I'm not gay not I've got a problem with gays or anything like that don't get me wrong you know I've got a gay who's like one of my best friends you know so 
Well, no, you. <laughs> you you're I'm the big out. I'm not out. You, you're the big out. So out. anyway, it was nice that Sonia Deville was so open about her sexuality. And also Charlotte Becky Lynch really, really made me laugh. The most interesting thing with all of that was a phone call to Ric Flair. Because we all know what Ric Flair's like. Woo! They said, we'll never get him on ride long because apparently he just sat in silence on the car journey. He rang up, right? And she's like, hi, how you doing? He's like, yeah, they've asked me to be at Evolution. She's asking me to be at Evolution. All right, are you going to come? I don't know, I hate Long Island. And she's like, Dad, you you get it recorded at the moment. He goes, yeah, said, but I don't like Long Island. It's a horrible place. He says, so I'm not sure if I'm going to do. And Charlotte's like, you're not doing me any favours, brother. Like <laughs> and Flair's like, oh, it don't matter. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. That was funny. Uh, of course, eating donuts as well. And just the amount of kind of laughs that Lynch and Charlotte had as well it was really really good. Have you been watching one of yours? Uh, well, I've just been mainly watching pay per views from the two thousand two thousand and one era. I've just been you know going back over the invasion era, some a uh, few Survivor series as well. I've been getting quite into them. Um, yeah, because obviously you know Survivor series season is coming up, so I've been uh, I've been buffing up on. Don't ask me anything about any Survivor series, and I tell you what year, whatever year you want. I'm, I'm that good. You're, you're that good at any Survivor Series? All right, yeah. what was the main event in the very first Survivor Series? Not that one. All right, okay. What was the main event in the 2000 and... 2000 Survivor Series? 2000? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want another one? <laughs> hang on, I've got this one. Austin and Triple H. Yeah, it was Austin and Triple H. Yeah, well done, buddy. Uh, Survivor Series... All right, what was the opening match to Survivor Series 2003? Um, I know this one. Was it a traditional Survivor Series matchup? It was a traditional Survivor Series matchup. <laughs> was it the team of big fuckers? Yeah. Big Show was on a team, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so close. Oh, that's to the one. one that, is that the one where... John Cena's with the Big Show. Uh, is, is he not? Is he against the Big Show? And then uh, John Cena battles someone towards the back, doesn't he? And then comes out after. Is that the one? No, no, Cena, no Cena's with. Um... Oh, Cena and Carlito. No. No, 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 no. That was 2005, I think. Cena was in it. Yeah. Teaming up, but he wasn't. The... That's his fagonomics. Yeah, so he was just turning. So he was teaming up with Babyface team going against SmackDown Babyface uh, Evil team. So who was the guy on SmackDown? Who was the, the lead guy on SmackDown 2003? Randy Orton. No, 2003. Come on. 2003. Who, who was the man? 2002, 2003, before he left, who was the man? Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, yeah. <clears throat> so he went against Team Lesnar. So it was Team Lesnar versus Team Angle. Ah, Benoit and Cena finally getting the victory over Big Show, who was last. All right. So, how many titles? How many times did the WWE title change hands between Survivor Series nineteen ninety four and Survivor Series nineteen ninety nine? Four times. Every year. Every year. Every year from nineteen ninety four. Survivor Series nineteen ninety four. Brett. 1995 was Brett beating Diesel. 1996, Psycho Sid beating Michaels. 1997, of course, Michaels beating uh, Brett. 1998, we're going to see a new WWE champion crowned. And 1999, Big Show beat Triple H and Rock in a triple threat match. 
And then Kurt Angle retained against the Undertaker at Survivor Series 2000. So anything anything nice. else you've been watching? I'm still better at Survivor Series. <laughs> anyway, I watched DX Confidential, which was on the 20th of October 2014. This is when the network first basically debuted. And there was a sit-down interview with Michael Cole in front of a group of fans talking about the, the controversial attitude and stuff like this. Uh, it was quite good to go back because Michael Cole even said to him, like, you were a real arsehole to me. You know, back in the day, you broke my thumb. Uh, he used to wedge me all the time. They go, yeah, we didn't care. They actually talk about meeting China and the kind of impact that she had. They, saw, they were just like, yeah, yeah, we want her to be like the female bodyguard. That would be cool. And about Michael's state of mind heading into WrestleMania 14 to be no condition to perform and basically quitting the next night as well or quitting it the, the, after the pay-per-view at the press conference and storming out. And then Triple H says, you know, we didn't speak to each other for a while until actually, you know, we came back. Sure, Michael sort himself out and come, came back into my life. So it's quite nice seeing, seeing as we now know the news of, um, of course, Shawn Michaels and Chip against The Untaker and Kane. And then Hidden Gem, the heat comes to OVW. Eddie Guerrero takes, makes his presence felt as he takes on Nova. Uh, and that was just kind of Eddie Guerrero at his best. So, now let's jump ship to the WCW. Over in WCW, Hogan was still the man on Nitro. And even though Goldberg was champ and facing DDP at Havoc, it was all about Hollywood and the Warrior. Brett was flipping back and forth, but had decided he had enough of Sting. Plus the war intensified between the NWA Wolfpack and the Black and White. Ratings-wise, each company were trading. Could WCW deliver a killer blow? Let's move over to Nitro. And it's WCW Monday Nitro. It's the 5th of October, episode 160. Yes, last week's last week was a great week for both Raw and Nitro. Last year's build towards Havoc was one of the better ones and the PPV really delivered. Hopefully this trend continues. And it's obvious that Warrior and Hogan will not be a good match, but if they can build a strong undercard like last year, because Piper and Hogan was awful, then I'll be happy. Overall, I'm excited as Nitro has been above average on the whole. Of course, concerns exist as a mid-card remains mired, in the same feuds such as Saturn and Raven. Jericho is still receiving a slight push, but not sure where that will go. Conan is finally getting some wins too. Boo! However, while there is some room for improvement, Nitro still remains solid as a whole as they build towards Havoc and as Sting and Bret Hart seem headed for a showdown, Nitro and Raw tied for the week at 4.5. So your first match was Lismark Jr. versus Saturn. They lock up and tussle for a bit. Lismark knocks him down and the hip tosses him. But Saturn gets to his feet and kicks him around and then strikes with a shot to the head. Lismark reverses the whip and bounces him throat first off the top rope. Lismark chops him in the chest, sends him into the corner and misses a flying leap. Saturn tries to take advantage but is kneed and backslid for two. Two. Saturn is up first and clotheslines him. He fronts suplexes him and a flans is a Death Valley driver and the win. Well, it started strong, ended a bit sudden but Saturn gets another wing. Match two is the Cat versus Kazhayeshi. 
Well, Kaz gets in some offence but loses and Ono wants to join up with the cat. Match three, Joey Flynn versus Juventud Guerrera. Well, Disco is at the announce table and Flynn is getting destroyed and it is over. Yeah, Flynn is the job, but nice win for Hoovy. Yes, it is Villano V versus Wrath. It's taking him to pieces. It was a bit of a squash match. It really was. So four matches done just like that. Tanae is out with a crowd talking to fans that look like they've seen better days. He's asking about DDP and Goldberg. Well, a Hummer limo arrives on the scene. Luger followed by Conan and Sting depart. Nash soon follows. They're walking around the back searching for something or someone. They finally find someone and charge. It's the black and white and they get annihilated. The black and white does. Security has arrived on the scene, as does the giant, and now police are in a fat girl. What the fuck? Now the police doing? are in. A fat girl is one of them, and she gets shoved as he looks around in befuddlement. Well, the brawl continues. The police are trying to restore some monochrome of order. Norton is there too, as is Steiner. The brawl is heading down the hallways. The police could not get control. Buff grabs Sting, but is kicked in the nuts. Steiner runs in to help, and so does as they rejoin the fray. Sting finally finds Bret Hart and just beats the hell out of him. He's finally pulled off and the police are trying to get control. So it's breaking down between the wolf pack and the black and white right now. Police having to get involved and try and stop it. Well, after the break, there's still a melee. Sting is in a forklift and he runs into the NWO limo. The limo's picked up and dumped. Nash has a sledgehammer and bashes the limo over and over as the cops frantically circle round. The tires are cut and finally the cops push them as way as Shivani keeps screaming. Well, we move on to match five, and that is Damien versus Hector Garza. Do you think they did that because they saw what Austin was doing at Man and thought, let's try a couple of stunts like that, see if that works. It, it didn't really work, but yeah, sorry, like you said, match five. Damien places him up top and smacks him, but he's pulled down the leap around the ring for a bit. Garza grabs him by the head and tosses him across the ring. Eddie Guerrero's got in the ring and interrupts the match and wants to talk to them, tells them to relax. He has one question for them. He wants to know what Eric Bischoff has done for them. The answer is nothing. Bishop has forced them to fight each other. they got no money and fame. They have to share cars and hotel rooms. The house is full and yet they have no money. Bischoff has his nose up Hogan and that is where all the money is at. And they are able to do everything they want and are always in the main event but cannot even wrestle. They can join together and do something about it and form the LWO, the Latino World Order, and he tosses them shirts. They are going to do they want to and do whatever they want. And basically wants Eric Bischoff to kiss his ass. Well, the Wolfpack are huddled together conferring. Tanae walks up to them trying to listen in. Tanae mentions that Hall's not here and Nash knows there are only a few places to find him in this town and they're going to go bar to bar. Tanae wants to bring a camera crew to follow them. Well, match six is Psychosis versus Kidman for the WCW Cruiserweight title. They go back and forth, fly around the ring, exchanging kicks and slams and our drag slams sends Psychosis to the floor. Kidman rolls him back into the ring and gets a two. Two. After a guillotine leg drop. Psychosis counters and drops him, but he delays the pin, only getting two. Two. He slowly heads up top and crashes into the back of Kidman's head with a flying spin kick, and he gets another near fall. He keeps Kidman grounded with a chin lock. Kidman, Kidman is tossed to the floor, bouncing off the apron on the way down. Psychosis leaps down on top of him. He's slow to get up, but does flinging him into the steel steps. He rolls Kidman back into the ring, rolls him up and gets two. Two. Kidman runs him over and gets two. Two. But then misses in the corner and is picked up and dropped down with a back suplex and Psychosis gets two. Two. Kidman is put back up in a chin lock and then picked up and spiked. Psychosis jaws with the crowd and then goes back to work with a chin lock. Both men exchange roll-ups and Kidman barely escapes his. 
Kidman then strikes with a bulldog. <laughs> Kidman then strikes with a bulldog. Psychosis nails him with a spinning slam. Kidman fights over on a powerbomb attempt, and Kidman bombs another near fall. He misses in the corner again, and Psychosis leaps back off the top, nailing him, getting a near fall. Kidman is placed up top, and Psychosis missed the Frankensteiner, crashing and burning. Shooting star press finishes him off. I mean, damn, Kidman can wrestle. It probably I don't know if we can bring across the gun of excitement that happens in the match, but it was a really good match. Yes, a pre-recorded interview with the Warrior where he talks about fear and WrestleMania 6. Warrior is babbling about how he's physically capable, but that he wants to battle mentally, being in Hogan's dreams wreaking havoc. Hogan will feel the powers of the Warrior. Well, classic. Tanae's following the Wolfpack limo with his hands in the 10 and 12 position. So he's a good little boy as he follows the uh, Wolfpack around. Well, here comes Buff and Scotty. Scotty does his thing in the ring, bragging at... And he and Buff make fun of Rick. Here comes Rick, and he calls them clowns. He's tired of them faking injuries and calls them sissies. He reminds Bagwell when he was paralysed, and now he wants to make a joke out of it. Buff's mum does not think this is a joke, and here she comes, and Buff is really worried. Yeah, it's Judy Bagwell. (laughs) I'd like to see her on a pole. (laughs) She wants to tell Buff how she feels and gets on the apron. She reminds him about his paralysis, and she screeches at him. Well, Buff is just shaking his head. She's at his side and all these fans set the letters and then she wheeled him out in Georgia and it's not the fault of Rick. Fans are starting to turn so Buff takes the mic and yells at her and the fans turn their ear... Uh, fans turn against him. Without Buff, she cannot eat and he supports the entire family. She pushes him and takes the mic. She reminds him of when she slapped him and does so. He falls and she goes after Scotty who yells that he's not going to put up with this crap. Rick blasts him from behind and Judy hauls Buff off by his ear. (laughs) Well, during the break, Brian Adams came out and he assaulted Rick. Well, match seven is Brian Adams versus Rick Steiner. Well, Rick is out on the canvas. Scotty is down there too and he helps out Adams by choking him out. Uh, JJ Dillon comes down and out Scotty. The police are there too. Meanwhile, Adams is bending the neck back Adam boots his head off and then pancakes him. He now has a nerve hold applied. Adams pushes him in the corner, working over the injured shoulder. Rick has rolled away from some moves, but is still being dominated. Rick can barely strike with a belly-to-belly suplex, dropping him on his head, but Adams Adams counters with an inverted atomic drop. Rick blocks a suplex and DDTs him. Steiner Bulldog finishes it off. Way to make Rick look strong. Oh, yes. uh, They've entered a mostly empty bar, the Wolfpack. Looks like my kind of place. A shithole, they depart as there is no hole. <laughs> well, here comes Hollywood and Bischoff. Hogan babbles about Warrior being scared and that he does not want to wait until Havoc to beat him up. He looks around and no Warrior. That the Warrior is no hero and he will not save the day. Now he wants the crowd to save their pennies and watch the paper as Warrior is contractually obliged to show up. Warrior will beg for mercy. He's going to rub off his face paint and expose him as a coward that he is, proving that Hogan is the god of wrestling. He continues finishing that he is too sweet and then flexes. Well, match eight is... Oh, for fuck's... Oh, no, it's... Thank God. It's Canyon versus DDP. Not Conan. Not Conan. Canyon (coughs) Canyon poses on the middle rope and is pulled off, rolled up and nearly pinned. They lock up and DDP shoves him off with ease. Canyon is worked over for a bit and tossed to the floor. Elites and him as Lodi over as Lodi comes down to complain. Raven runs from behind and hits him from behind. Uh, Canyon nearly pulls DDP managing to kick out. 
Uh-huh. Chokes him out on the ropes, but DDP rises up and fires back, only to be popped in the jaw and bulldog. Kenya gets two, two, and holds DDP down with a chin lock. They roll each other up and then close on one another, and both are laid out. They pull themselves up and Paige drops him with a flurry of blows and a clothesline. Canyon gets his head rammed into the corner nine times and then he delivers the tenth with drama. Slowly, that is with the crowd getting him. He delivers the tenth with drama. Slowly, that is with the crowd involved. DDP gets two. Two. After a back suplex and two more. Two. After a pancake. Raven is on the apron and DDP turns towards him and DDP is knocked into him and Canyon rolls him up for a 2.97 count. 2.97. Canyon takes him down again with a swing and net breaker and he gets two. He pulls him up but he's struck with a jawbreaker and a tilt wheel slam. He calls for the DC and Lodi runs in who is desecrated. Raven Bly signs in with a mic and the match is tossed. DDP is beaten but Goldberg runs down and he takes out Canyon. Jack Hammer's Lodi. DDP cuts Raven. Now Goldberg and DDP are face-to-face doing some alternate lifestyle screaming at each other. DDP turns away and poses for the crowd. Goldberg just screams. Well, it was another solid match. Angle advancement and Canyon was not chumped. But the way Goldberg dealt with him made him look very weak. Wolfpack has arrived at another tavern. And this one is crowded and they're yapping at the pack and camera crew. No haul. They leave and bleep out fuck from Nash. Well, match nine is Disciple versus Jobber. Disciple wins quickly. Well, he's a bit of a dud, but who cares? Shit, he has not care. He's done carrying Hogan's bags and he's his own man. Now, then, and forever, and the fans do not care. Hogan and Bischoff are in the back entering a dressing room. I just saw him entering, but he's not there. Warrior pops up in the mirror and Eric Bischoff does not see it as Hogan freaks out. The ultimate stage error occurs as the announcers see him too and they're not supposed to. Larry bellows that he's in the walls and Bischoff acts like he cannot see him as Hollywood cracks up and Bischoff demands the camera clap. What a clusterfuck. Wolfpack enter another bar and they are grouped with cheers. Hall is there and Nash attacks him. They fight on top of the pool table. The announcers have been silent for minutes as they knew they had fucked up. The brawl enters the bathroom. This bar looks like someone's shitty basement. Well, Bischoff is in the ring and assures us that Hogan is just fine. He turns his attentions and makes fun of him. Flair will not be here tonight as he is a coward and a fossil. Arn Anderson comes out and Bischoff calls him the one-armed bandit. Double A states that Bischoff needs a geography lesson and this is Horseman Town and the fans erupt. Arn Anderson is in charge of head games and Flair is indeed here. Bischoff responds no way and he reminds him that they work for him. Arn does not like authority and calls out Flair but no Flair yet. Here comes Reed with his medal from the wrestling tournament. Bischoff is baffled that he is here and Reed tries to act like Flair. Does a decent job but falters and then tells Bischoff that he's here to handle his dad's light work. Well, Bischoff is upset that this is happening on live TV and wants to know why he is here. Arn responds that he's taking his company back and Bischoff calls the kid snot-nosed and wants them both out of here. He turns around and Reed tackles him and then does it again. Bischoff goes after him and Arn stops him. Double up being taken down twice by a 10-year-old and Reed shows him the four. Classic. David Flair is at ringside. Well, after the break, Bischoff is freaking out and he wants Flair right now. And he's the president of WCW and Flair works for him. Liz is trying to call him but cannot get a hold of him. And Bischoff screams and paces. Beth Flair is on the phone and she tells Bischoff off 
and he continues yelling at her that he wants Flair and cue Flair's music and Bishop Flick's words as Flair with a big grin struts on out. Well, the NWO comes from behind and the horsemen are there and and Stevie and Vincent and Adams get beaten up. Bischoff has run off. Now David gets in the ring. Wow, my God. And our last match, the main event here tonight is Sting versus Bret Hart. And Sting is not waiting for Bret to get out here. He's going to go find him. And he's got Bret. And it's all been going on here tonight. We've been in bars. We've been backstage with Worry in the Mirror. Sting sends Bret into the door. Now into the metal casings. Brett's trying to get away and catering now and he's finally got his jacket off. As he bounces Sting's head off the table. And Brett's got Sting, he's gonna try and suplex him through the table. And that was a hard table, now he's got a trash can. On a low blow and now Brett showing his dark side, Sting can't even recover. Right after that leg with a chair. <coughs> Brett nearly slips over. Traps Sting's leg in that chair. And now he's picking up the trash can again. Oh! That chair must be in some sort of pain as a trash can hit it. Well, I think Sting's tendon's been snapped. Well, Sting's just thrown a trash can on wheels into Brett. And Brett's gone down like a sack of spuds. Trying to make its way to the ring now. Oh, that's stop. Uh, Rumour has it that bin's still rolling. Rumour has it. Oh, my God. Brett's got a metal pole and Sting's got a trash can. He's dropped it now. He's just going after Brett. Oh, he's got his own pole now. We're going to have a pole off. Oh, my God. And Brett's dropped his pole. Sting hit a door frame. And they've gone into the restricted area. Brett into the door. And now his legs got caught there. Right in his tallywhacker. I think Brett's come back with a low block. Fall to the (laughs) side. And now Brett. It's not quite a Zamboni, but it's a golf cart. He tried to get it started, but it didn't work. Sting's now got these big pole, and he's hit Brett across the midsection with it. He's trying to choke Brett out. Brett's head's turning purple. Oh, my God. He just hit that floor there. And Sting's got a scorpion. Well, Sting's got a scorpion deathlock locked in. Brett's in serious trouble. And what a weird episode of Nitro it's been. Wow. Look, I may be overrating the shows a bit, but damn, if I'm not having some serious fun, and honestly, that is all that matters. Yes, the worry in the mirror thing was an absolute clusterfuck. They should have just had no visual and Hogan act like he saw him. I knew they wanted to make it so the audience could follow along, of course, and the announcers fucked up. Look, it happens. It's wrestling, not an Emmy-winning drama, but criticise pounce on that instant. But critics pounce on that instant. Oh, me, it was a dumb segment, but shit happens and it did not drag out. Who cares? The whole thing took a turn to something watchable. The brawl at the beginning was fun. Now, that shit is common for Nitro, but for Nitro, it rarely happens, and it was a nice change of pace. The early matches were rather dull, but picked up pace with some decent matches. The ending was great, too, and I really enjoyed the flair segment. Overall, it set up the pay-per-view with Hart and Sting, Hall and Nash, Warrior and Hogan, DDP and Goldberg, Hoover and Disco, Rick and Scott... And for I actually know, and I actually know what is going on. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, certainly. At least we're all following along here. So our next episode, Nitro, is the 12th of October. But it's episode 161. Well, the build for Havoc has been slightly better than the norm. I pray they finally deliver on a solid pay-per-view, but they need a strong main event. 
and I have the and have the upper carders do their share. Last week I forgot about the LWO at the end. I'm interested to see where this goes. Hopefully somewhere as good as the mid carders. Hope hopefully somewhere good as the mid carders get a major push. Major push. And then I've forgotten. Bischoff is a bit propent on using real life situations. Situation. And blaring it on TV. Which can sometimes pay off. So far with Flair and Eddie it is doing so. Hopefully the hopefully they also continue Jericho's mockery of Goldberg. Nitro lost 4.8 to 4.6, but overall the ratings are booming. Well, Bischoff has talked to some guy at the arena. Bischoff tells the president of WSW, and if a guy with big nose appears, he needs to pick up the phone and call him. Triple H. The guy wants to know who he is, and Bischoff responds by calling him a moron. Tell him that he knows who he is. He heads outside and chastises Dillinger and tells him that he's brought help. Some security guards are there. Well, WCW credit card has been unveiled, and they were at Wall Street. Woo. Match one is Lodi versus Raph. Ralph gets some nice support as he makes short work of Lodi. Well, it's a squash. Do something with him, WSCW. Well, Meng strolls out and they meet halfway up the ramp and they brawl. Ooh, match two is Dale Torborg versus Kendall Windham. Oh, yeah. Those two legends. <clears throat> yeah, no. Well, the fans couldn't care less. Windham has dominated the match so far. Now, Dale gets some offense in with a couple of drop kicks, but he's caught and nailed with a swinging netbreaker. Wyndham goes for a bulldog and <coughs> Wyndham goes for a bulldog but is pushed off and Dale kicks him in the head and goes gimpy but gets the win. Well fans thought so too. The match was way too long. Well Sting gets a huge pop when he comes out. He goes over what happened last week. Sting is calling him out in Chi Town. He's also going to put Hogan in a black box. And he's also calling him out. Here comes the warrior who tells him to hold it right there. More booze than cheers. He rambles about Sting's career and how he respects him and so on. WCW is his battlefield and not his. He intrudes to make a one-time respect. Jesus, he is just babbling. And talks about his feud with Hogan and anti-heroes. And finally gets to the point is that he wants to team, team with Sting tonight. Well, he actually had a point. That's amazing. Well, here comes Hogan with Bischoff and the Giant. Giant is facing Goldberg tonight. This is a house that Hollywood built and continues about this. Now his Giant is taking on Goldberg tonight and he is getting his belt back. Bischoff gushes about Hogan for a moment. Now Hogan makes fun of Sting and Warrior and he and Hart discussed it and it would be a pleasure to take those two cartoon characters and beat the towels up after rubbing their face paints together. He continues that he's going to beat them up and the NWR is too sweet and for life. And then goes gets his flex on. That's something we've not really had the past good couple of months, hopefully. For life. For, and the dreaded NWO music is kind of, you know. We have been avoiding NWO. it. Well, Bischoff is leaving and one of the security officers comes up to tell him that the horsemen have arrived. And he starts running towards the back and heads outside. A limo has arrived and Flair comes out and Bischoff tells him to leave. Flair comes out with the owner of the United Center or an executive. Bischoff is freaking out and refuses to shake his hand. Bruce, the guy, is bringing the horseman up to his luxury suite and Bischoff protests that he has leased the building and will sue him if he does this. Eric is ignored as security finally allows him to get by. Bischoff is still pitching a fit and he yells at the security guards that he has, while Dillinger protests that the guy has a corporate lease. Bischoff is still ranting and raving. Well, match three is Fit Finley versus Alex Wright and his ginormous penis. They have changed the spelling 
of last name. That's Fitz. Alex is bragging about being the greatest European wrestler and having the largest penis and will end Fitz's career as Fit ended his dad's career. Fit attacks him, knocks him to the floor where he chokes him out with his own penis and then batters him with numerous blows. Alex Sunset flips him into the ring to get two, two. and then slams him. Wright gets his throat bounced off the top and then elbowed down. Fit slingshots right into the boot but gets his knee up and demolishes him with a lariat. But Alex flies off the top, nailing him and then uses the rope to pin Fit. Davey comes down and beats up Wright and then Fit clocks Davey. Fit lost to Wright, I guess. Well, nature and the company are chilling in the skybox. And the next match is Chavo, Psychosis and Callow versus Villano, La Parker and Cyclops. Come back and forth. Uh, Callow somersaults, flips off the apron. Callow falls down. Psychosis suicide dives him into him. Then Cyclops does the same. Chavo springboards into all of them. Villano and Callow are in the ring and the latter misses the springboard and is power slammed. He would have been pinned, but the ref held up in order for Psychosis to hit the guillotine leg drop. The Parker runs in, they go back and forth, and he nearly pins Psychosis. But Chavo runs in, and now he has Parker. Cyclops runs in and puts him in a crab-like move. Psychosis spin, kicks Cyclops, and the match was broken down as bodies fly everywhere. All end up on the floor, but Psychosis and Cyclops. Cyclops is knocked down to the floor, and Psychosis fucking leaps into him with a senton backsplash and just crashes into him. Inside the ring, Chavo finishes him off for the win. It's a fun match, and then Eddie comes down to fan support, and he does this thing about Bischoff keeps having them fight one another, and Eric's lack of respect for him. He mocks the NWO to do what they do, and then the IWO only gets paid peanuts. The LWO, sorry. The, L- the LWO only gets paid peanuts. Jesus, a fan tosses something heavy into the ring, like a bowling ball or maybe a waffle, and they are going to get a piece of cake. Chavo leaves, and he, as he takes, as he talks to Pepe, but psychosis joins. Well, Scott Stein is in the ring and he talks about how he carried his brother on his back, blah de blah de blah, like the Cubs who used Sammy Sosa. But Scott is convinced that Sosa But Scotty convinced Sosa that Chicago suck. <clears throat> but Scotty convinced Sosa that Chicago sucks. Now to his freaks and how he can satisfy them and that he is their hookup. Last week another woman came into the ring and embarrassed Bagwell. Last week, another woman came into the ring and embarrassed Bagwell and that inside the ring, here's the stuff and his mother needs to stay home doing dishes and mopping the floors. He and Buff are close, but they are, there are no more problems. Well, here comes Buff and Judy. Buff tells them that they do have a problem and Scott responds that he could easily re-break his neck. Buff counters back that his mama is right and it's all Scotty's fault. Scott is going to rip off the NWO shirt and then calls Judy an old fucking bag. Buff has had enough and decks him, but he's nutted and his throat is bounced off the top rope. He bellows that no one messes with Steiner and he is NWO for life. Well, the horsemen are still having a shindig in the suite. Match five is Juventud Guerrero. Match five is Juventud Guerrero versus Prince Iakea. Well, Disco comes down and mocks them, saying the fans came to watch him dance. The match begins and then and they go back and forth until Juve drives his head into the mat and gets two. Two. Uve misses a drop kick and then Prince follows up with a snap suplex. Disco sneaks back down to the ring as Prince yanks Uve down by his locks. Uve rolls behind on the back suplex attempts but runs right into a boot and then Uve is sent to the apron. Prince is yanked down and now nailed with a springboard drop kick. Uve's up top, misses as Disco lurks but Prince turns around and is 
popped and finished with the driver. I mean, it was okay, wasn't it? It was all right, yeah. But then Kidman beats up Disco on the aisle. Well, here comes the Wolfpack. Well, it is Nash. He wants a piece of Hall telling him it's his last call. Hall staggers out and does the down here thing and Nash giving chase. They're in the back and Hall is hanging onto a limo as Nash gives chase in his ride. Well, match six is Y2J versus Raven for the WCW TV title. Well, they lock up and Raven pushed him into the corner, but he breaks cleanly. Out on the floor, they brawl, but Raven has a chair, blasts him. He sets it up in the corner, but Jericho flings him into it. They are back on the floor and Raven is posted, but Jericho charges. This time he bounces off the post. Back in the ring, Jericho gets a drop toe hold into the chair. Raven goes for the even flow, but Jesus, but Jericho counters with the lion tamer. Well, it was nice and short, which is disappointing. But they're playing on Raven, being on a losing streak. Nice win for Jericho, though. Gene is in the ring and calls out Rick Steiner. He declares that Scotty brought it upon himself their match. They're interrupted by cackling again. It's like, uh, it is fucking Chucky from Charles' play. Chucky makes fun of a bald Gene and tells him to shut the hell up. He wants a piece of Rick who tells him to bring it on. I cannot believe seeing this. Chucky's getting booed and he plugs his movie. He does not want Rick to mess with Scott as he'll be in the next movie and Rick just wants to leave as he's befuddled. We all are. Well, here comes Bischoff and he's still hot about Flair being here and reminds everyone that this is his building. He calls out JJ and Dillinger. He calls a fan of Moron after he threw something. Here they come and Bischoff wants them to hurry as he taunts the fans some more. <clears throat> he calls Doug a Waffle House eating some ink and JJ a Bischoff wannabe. He wants Flair and company out of that skybox right now and demands they do it. And now they enter the crowd and head towards it. They finally arrive at it with it flanked by security. Finally, he knocks on the door and calls him a moron. He wants Flair out of the building as Bruce is slowly getting irked. Bischoff reiterates that this is his building and Bruce denies that and that is his party in his building. This is the horseman's building and he shoves Bruce and security swarms Eric Bischoff and security swarms and Bischoff is down. Bischoff is fighting but is piled on. Flair comes out and wants him ousted as he dances around and fans up there chanting that Bischoff sucks. Eric is tied up and hauled off. Well, Bruce waves at the crowd and they love it. They pan back to Bischoff being let out and now he's carted off in a police cruiser. Match seven is the Giant versus Goldberg for the WCW title. Fuck, I've forgotten about the tag team titles. Just put them on someone who can actually defend them. Then again, the tag team scene is pretty much done for in WCW. Yeah, I guess the 30-day rule for WCW doesn't count here as the Giants got the tag team title belt. That man carrying the WCW World Heavyweight Championship is, of course, Gil Bolberg. Oh, here he comes. Flanked by security. Well, James, did you know that the security is not there for his protection? It's for everyone else's protection. <gasps> wow, I did not know that at all as he comes out here. Glistening. He is glistening. So here comes Goldberg. See the security. We've seen the fireworks. How quickly the Goldberg character has become 150 and 0. Well, will Goldberg have a giant problem here tonight? Well, the most intense individual I feel in wrestling as he comes out here. Well, which way do you think it's going to go down? We've seen Goldberg come out here, but the giant is the biggest athlete in the whole of professional wrestling. Goldberg. You reckon Goldberg's going to win? I'm backing the giant in this one. Look at the size of the man. 
And how great is wrestling at the moment? You know, we're seeing what Rock and Austin teaming up against Brothers Destruction, Goldberg versus the Giant. We've got Sting and the Warrior teaming up in a bit. It's a good time to be alive. Twenty years ago. Well, that's, the, that's the beauty of the WWE Network. You can go back and watch it any time. Then, now, forever. Oh my God! Drop kick by the Giant. <clears throat> you got the referee in the way of Goldberg distracted him. Now he's coming down heavy. Some knees to the midsection. Irish whips Goldberg to the opposite corner. Follows it up with a quick clothesline. This is proper Monday Night Wars. You know what I mean? Like this is brilliant. side Russian leg sweep. This is great. <laughs> but Goldberg's back up to his feet already. I don't think you can put Goldberg down for <clears throat> three seconds. I don't think we've seen it yet. We haven't, that's why he's undefeated. No, not undefeated, as in being knocked down by a move and being down for three seconds even, you know? Well, Giants trying to bounce Goldberg's head off the top turnbuckle, but Goldberg blocks after the second attempt and bounces show, uh, bounces the Giants' head off the turnbuckle. Oh, spin kick to the ribs. Oh, my God. Picks up the Giant and slams him. Well, I've never seen a Giant slam like that before. And he's waiting for him to get up. Oh, uh, here comes Stevie Ray with a chair. And Goldberg did not sell that at all. And the match is continuing. Got him around the throat. DDP's in. Drops the elbow to the back of Big Shot, uh, the Giant. Stops the count. He diamond cutters Stevie Ray. Oh, now the Giant's got hold of DDP. Oh, oh but Goldberg spears him. And what happens after the spear, then? <coughs> uh, the giant gets out of the ring. Oh, yeah, he's getting out of the And so is DDP. So, I mean, was the giant going to beat Goldberg, then? Look that way. And he's count out. So, no disqualification, but a count out. Goldberg retains there. Very interesting, Mr. Bond. Dan, what's your take on that? Um... I think it was a, a bit of a clusterfuck. You know, like the no DQ, but a counter after about seven seconds. Mm. It was a bit of a, a weird ending. It was. Nitro Girls! Nitro Girls! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're just about to move on to our main event, which is Sting and Warrior versus Bretton Hogan. But first, a brief history of Sting versus... Uh, a brief history of Sting and Warrior. Prior to his career in professional wrestling, Jim Helwig, a.k.a. Ultimate Warrior, built an amateur bodybuilder. In 1985, after spending six weeks in California training for a bodybuilding contest, he was invited to join a group of bodybuilders, Garland Donahue, Mark Miller, and Steve Borden, to form a professional wrestling team. Well, the Warrior accepted the invitation and abandoned his bodybuilding career, as well as his plans to become a chiropractor. Helwig began his professional wrestling career as Jim Justice Helwig of Power Team USA, the group of bodybuilders trained by Red Bastion and Rick Baseman. Well, later they wrestled as the Freedom Fighters. Helwig was known as Justice and Borden was called Flash. In Memphis Continental Wrestling Association, under manager Dutch Mantel, who we know in WWE as um, Zeb Coulter, Helwig and Steve Borden, who later had successes, Sting formed a tag team called the Blade Runners. Helwig was Blade Runner Rock and Borden was Blade Runner Flash. 
debuting in the Memphis, Tennessee-based Continental Wrestling Association, or the CWA, promotion run by Jerry Jarrett. The team played babyfaces at first, but fans were actually slow to take to the hulking duo in a territory that had featured sympathetic good guy teams like the Rock and Roll Express and the Fabulous Ones. Well, they were quickly turned heels of Blade Runners. The Blade Runners went on to wrestle for Mid-South Wrestling Promotion, which became Universal Wrestling... Western Federation in 1986, called the Sifloranitis, a.k.a. Road Warrior Animal. UWF owner Bill Watts created the Blade Runners and the intent was to make them a parody of the Road Warriors. They were part of Eddie Gilbert's Hot Stuff International Group before disbanding in 1986 when Helwig left the UWF and, of course, went to the WWF and became the, the Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior. Warrior. And we all know about Sting for the first time. So that was back in 1986. So 12 years later, they are teaming up for the, best, <laughs> for the first time since then, going against Hogan and Brett. So ultimately, four of, you know, arguably, four of the biggest figures in wrestling history. Yes. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. And uh, we talked about the roster of WWE or WWF, and we talked about earlier the, the World Wrestling Federation only having three or four guys they can rely on. Here you got four guys who are in the main event, and like you said, they are all Hall of Famers, all kind of did their own thing at a certain time, are, are much, much loved. And um, It's just a shame none of them could deliver a promo. What, at least four? Yeah. Well, no, Ho- Hogan and uh, Brett was okay, weren't he? You know? well, Hogan was just every, every, everything, brother, brother, brother. Oh, no, brother, Ho- brother. Hogan, I, I like, Hogan's good. He, he's all right. Uh, Worry and Sting, exactly. Yeah, I think that's the sort of the problem. But they all had the kind of, you know, one titles in, world titles in both WCW and WWE. Definitely kind of Hall of Fame. Sting didn't win in WWE. Sting should have won it in WWE. I tell you. <laughs> Sting should have had a match. If there's one thing, I'll go back. You know when someone says, would you dream match, wherever it is? I would, not now, but back then, I would have had Sting versus The Undertaker. You know, imagine Forever. about 2002. You know, that WrestleMania 18 time. You know what I mean? I think that would have been perfect for them. But, you know, there's people like the rest of the Wolf Pack will be looking on at this match. And Hogan faces Warrior two weeks at the pay for Halloween Havoc. And that will be our next episode. will be Halloween Havoc 1998, Dan. I say our next episode. We've got a lot coming up. We'll give you the schedule. Schedule for 1-4. And as we await. Sting, we can hear the Wolfpack music. Well, um, before this match even starts, I can tell you that it's going to be uh, no contest. Who do you think is going to run out? Rush yeah. the ring. <laughs> Who, who's running out? Wolfpack and the black and white. I'll tell you what the surprising thing is, right? So, are you hear that warrior comes back and you're like, oh, no. But, at the time, and even when he returned in 1996, he was still getting the big pops. Do you know what I mean? Warrior was still loved by the fans. He just It's a shame he was useless in a way you know what i mean that the fans were invested in the warrior character oh it's gonna be spooky our halloween uh special dan oh i hate to be caught by the ghosties i like to be caught by the ghoulies <laughs> here he comes a warrior <coughs> all right all right i've got a question for you quickly for this match starts as warrior comes out who runs to the wing qu- ru- runs to the ring quicker would it be warrior or would it be cena Warrior. Warrior? What, a flat-out race if both left at the same time? If they both came through the curtain at the same time, yeah. Because John Cena Cena stands there, holds a thing. If he was to, like, leave at the same point Warrior did, or is that like Superman versus Flash? 
Herbie Superman, Herbie Flash. Well, Super Cena and Flash in a Pan Warrior. <laughs> oh, you've answered it there. Flash is faster than Superman. Or is he? Well, no, I don't agree. I think Superman's faster than Flash. We've, we've had this discussion off podcast and, and I'm backing Superman in this. Oh, I'm backing Flash. Well, not just because he's an alien. Just, well, he's just, Flash is just a human. I know about the speed force, but think about the power what Superman can do. Yeah. But what power can Superman do if Flash is wearing a fucking kryptonite suit? What do we, what do we, well, okay, he'll race away from him then. He won't race near him. So Flash has to do stuff like that to take advantage of Superman. Well, Superman, well, Superman, Superman, needs, Superman needs the fucking Earth Sun as his advantage. Flash have a uh, kryptonite ring as his advantage. Well, I'll I tell you what then. Uh, then Flash is not allowed to use Speed Force because that's an advantage. Well, Flash would be a normal bloke and we've seen Flash <laughs> run like a normal <laughs> exactly, bloke. Exactly, yeah. Slow. Superman would kill him. <clears throat> yeah, but it's just like Aquaman would beat Flash in a swimming race. But if Flash was allowed to run on the water, then he'd win. Well, Superman would beat both in a swimming race. I doubt it. No, so of course he would. He wouldn't beat Aquaman. Yes, he, oh, look, we're not. <laughs> he would beat Aquaman. Superman is the greatest superhero of them all. He can do. He can beat anybody. And it's only Kryptonite. That's the only thing. That's his real Kryptonite. Kryptonite is only Kryptonite. Yeah, I know. But let's forget about that superhero and let's talk about these four superheroes: Sting and Warrior. Don't worry, the action hasn't started yet. It's a Hogan match, don't worry. Hogan's drawing with the Warrior, and him and Sting in the ring, the Blade Runners. That actually looked quite a good team. Yeah, I know. It's cool, isn't it? Same height. It's good height. Both face-painted. <coughs> well, the warrior's just given Sting some of the warrior energy. It's not just a mega event. It's not just a super event. It's a mega super main event. You love it. next event will be mega super event. You do know that. <laughs> uh. Welcome to WWE Mega Super Event. Definitely not for cash. Live in Antarctica. Antarcticans ain't got no money. All right, all right, all right. Live in... Dubai. Dubai. Live at five in Dubai. WWE live in North Korea. Kim Jong-un gets the title. WWE champion. (laughs) Well, anyway, the match has started and Sting has taken over on Hogan. Who Hogan. gets a panic tag to Brett? Yeah, Hogan is a fucking. We said McMahon earlier, you know. Hogan is exactly like that as well, carrying away. And now it's Sting and Brett. You saw the war they had last week. So we've got the two actual good wrestlers in the ring. They just keep it like this. I mean, yeah. Sting's alright, isn't he? He's not great, but he can go when there's someone good with him. Yeah. Warrior isn't even. Jacket off. No, he's going to leave the jacket on. Oh, Sting go for the 10 punches in the corner. The 10 beats to Bret Hart. Hogan from behind. Now the Warriors in, but the referee's doing something about it. And Bret hits a low blow from behind. Disgusting. And then drops the leg, but the referee didn't see it, so it didn't happen. Bow, 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 bow. For life. The one warrior nation. Brought, brought, brought hit. Now Brett taunting warrior and drops the elbow off the second rope, goes back to the warrior. Enticing the warrior, getting him in the ring for another low blow to Sting and then scratches back. Well, I think we've seen like more low blows than we have wrestling moves with Hogan. 
Does he actually know any wrestling moves? He knows a leg drop. Come on. Not only is he doing an illegal chokehold, but he's holding on to the illegal rope as well. The referee is counting. He's counting. <laughs> he's counting. <laughs> yeah, he's counting, Dan. He's counting, Dan. Counting, Dan. Five, four. I got a big punch to the head. So what do you think the main events, WWE, compared to WCW? We've seen the main event. Is this any worse than Unsaker and Kane? Well, they've had some clusterfucks of late, you know, especially that balls up on the casket match. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can yeah. actually see him kicking the shit out of the casket. I mean, what's the <laughs> fucking point? Kane challenged Undertaker to a casket match, and they get some weak-ass fucking casket. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of if Jad bought a casket, and then we took the piss out of him, and we like, well, fuck your casket! <laughs> Just bring it in after he buys a Liverpool shirt, yeah, fucking yeah. shirt, and then rips it yeah. in, throws it in the bed, and walks around town with no top on. What did you do it for? Because I did, didn't like it. Because you're a dickhead. Yeah, I didn't mean to do it. So Brett taking it down, rushing legs through to Sting, going for the cover, but Sting managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Brett warning referee, and he's slowly going into his repertoire of moves. Side rushing leg sweep from Brett. Bow, 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 bow. A leg drop by Brett. Brett looking for a suplex on Sting, but gets a small pack. But Sting gets a small package instead. Not like Alex Wright has got a huge package. He has got a huge. I was just trying to see uh, Sting's package actually, to see if he's still got the cock protector. He's got a padded package. Has he got a cock protector like he had last week? He has, hasn't he? He's got a cod piece. Even though he's just large behind it. Well, I don't know. Wonder what Sting would come from. I mean, honestly, if this is the first time you're listening to us, we don't always go about people with gigantic penises. It's just one of these things that. Well, we're just saving it out because we talk about boobs, tits, and fannies. Exactly. (laughs) Boobs, what? Boobs, tits, and fannies. And Sting looks for the tag. Oh, my God. And he gets it, and the Warriors in. (laughs) And he's running the ropes, runs through Brett twice. Is this in slow motion? No, here we go. Warrior. Thrice. And he's absorbing the energy from all the Warriors. And Hogan doing a little bit of selling there, worried about the Warriors. He comes and attacks him from behind. And Warrior no sells. No, he sells it. Oh, you... Well, the one warrior nation. Oh, warrior's going to have Hogan, but look who's coming down. It's the entire black and white. It's the giant. It's Scott Norton. It's Vincent. Stevie Ray. team. Scott Steiner. Now, Brett's throwing a toilet roll out, and of course, Vaughn's going to get thrown in. (laughs) They're beating Sting on the outside. He's Wolfpack. The lights go out, and warrior's not there. Uh, oh, wait a minute, Dan. The have smoke you... has filled the ring. Have you seen this? The, the, the smoke, the fog. Warrior. Warrior throws to the outside as the fog goes off. I haven't got the foggiest. <laughs> Look, you can see the, the tubes from the smoke. The Sting's in with a baseball bat clearing house. Well, of all the B members of the NWO, anyway. Well, or the Brett, C. Brett's on the apron. He hit him so hard. Oh, after I say the paint came off, but it's a different baseball bat. And now Warrior's got Hogan. So that little trick there, it's like Batman. Warrior managed to get out of the ring. Oh, he's whipping Hogan. And why are they running away now? Well, in the NWI, even though they've got numbers advantage. But they're going against the Warrior. Oh, my God. Mass chaos there, Dan. What are your thoughts on that main event with Warrior and Sting? 
But was it worse than what we've seen? I mean, I don't know. <coughs> we knew what was going to happen. And was there something enjoyable about that? Well, what happened on Raw? Undertaker and Kane. Austin got fired. No, no, that was the... Gun was 19th. So Austin got Austin got fired at the pay-per-view, so it was... So the week before that was... Austin and Rock versus... Yeah, Austin, Rock versus Undertaker and Kane. Which tag team would you have... Which match would you have liked to have seen? But what was the finish of that one, though? Did that end in disqualification? Austin got beaten down? Yeah, but it must have ended in DQ. Must have done. Yeah. So, there you go. again, we're forgetting, you know, even though it's like that, I mean... But it does, at least it's building towards the paper, you know what I mean? At least it's, uh, there's a build towards Halloween Havoc there. Well, it was another great show. I just really enjoyed the angle advancement, as the wrestling was not that great, and there was a Chucky. But, at least Jericho got a key win, Hart and Sting. Hogan and Warrior took a back seat. The flair segments were gold. Goldberg was back in action. Overall, set up a pay for you. Looks like it could be really good. Hopefully, Eddie Guerrero finally has something interesting to do as well. So, here we go. WWE Monday Night Show. It's the last episode here. 19th October, 1998, episode 162. Well, it's the go-home show. I've been entertained as of late-ish. Like last year's has been great. They're starting towards Starcade with some momentum. The ratings dropped to a 4.4 as Raw got a 5 across the board. Well, match one is Chaos versus Saturn. Well, Saturn started strong, but Chaos takes command and Gorilla slams him and hammers him. But Saturn kicks him right back and takes off his head with a standing sidekick. Chaos counters back with a jawbreaker, but Saturn has had enough and finishes him. I mean, decent length and fun. Like my penis. Is what I've heard for most of the girls. Well, Tanae is with the peeps talking about the horsemen and the fans support them. Well, Gene calls down the cat and he beats it when the cat threatens him. The cat does his thing, challenges anybody, and the fan gets his head taken off again. It's hard to dislike the cat, yet I do. Well, it's long. there are some long promos for the pay-per-view. Match two is the LWO versus La Parker and Chavo and Cyclope and Lismark Jr. Well, Lismark and Damien start off and Damien gets rocked with a spinning backbreaker, but he fires back only to get leapt on and the LWO break the camp. Parker and Dandy are slugging away and the former strikes with some stiff chops, but Dandy fights back until he's dropped with an insiguri. Cyclope is in and he gets punished and stonked by all four members of the LWO. Psychosis snaps him over and tags in Damien, who strikes with a top rope Hurricane Rana. Garza goes up top and nails him with a missile kick, but here comes Chavo to the cheers of the crowd, and he is run over, but he catapults Dandy. Well, he sends him into the corner where he drop kicks him. The match is broken down as bodies fly all over the place, and now the planches galore. Cyclops gets two. Two! After a missile drop kick on Psychosis, La Parker has a chair, and his partner gets hit. And then Psychosis finishes him with a guillotine leg drop, and Parker just dances his partner gets pinned. It wasn't too bad, it was quite fast paced. Yeah, I mean, Happy Eddie comes down, Eddie comes in and talks about the LWO and La Raza. Chavo leaves again, Eddie goes off about Bischoff and Howley are taking over, and the future. Parker has joined. Don't forget, the LWO isn't for life, it's for now. Well, Canyon has come down and wants to know who's better than Canyon? And tries to get the crowd to go along. They don't, and so he mocks them. Match three is Canyon versus Scott Putsky. Well, they go back and forth with Putsky getting a two. Two. After a sidewalk slam, and he's caught and given a tilt-a-whirl slam. Putsky goes up top and is grab- grabbed and bulldogged off, and Canyon gets two. Two. Putsky rolls to the floor, and a baseball slide sends him into the railing. Canyon snaps him over and gets, a chin- gets him in a chin lock. 
Putski gets right back up and elbows free. Canyon is tossed back in a release suplex. He works over the head and launches him straight up and down. He goes. He launches him straight up and down he goes. Canyon ducks the Polish hammer and flapjacks him. Flatliner and match. I think that's what he calls his penis. Speaking of big hammers, Big Papa Pump is doing his thing. Talking about his freaks. Got a phone call last night and got the NWO Learjet from LA to here. He had a freak on his right and left and a right in the middle and all satisfied. He is the hookup. Holla, if you hear me. He took out a fellow NWO member and did not care if his mum was there. And he will do the same to any Minnesota Viking member. Rick comes out and reminds Scott that the Vikes are undefeated. Lose the championship game to the Falcons, by the way. And Rick calls him, calls him little as his brother leaves the ring and Rick challenges him. Scotty calls the fans idiots and states he will beat them up when he's ready. He gets in the ring and tells the fans that Minnesota sucks and that his brother sucks and he wants to make sure this will be a fair flight. Fair fight. Fuck. It looks like Rick is connected and he took off his head and Scotty tries to run off but is getting demolished. And he is depleted with a lariat. But Scotty nuts him. But Scotty nuts him and then again. This is a match. He grabs a chair and wallops him with it, causing the DQ. Buff runs down and takes the chair away. Scotty wants him to hit Rick, but he swings it at Scotty and misses with Scotty running. I mean, this is basic angle of answer, wasn't it? Up next is Fit Finley versus British Bulldog. Both men exchange holes and shots. Fit leaps into a slam and then snapped over and put the chin lock. Fit is flung into the corner and then tossed again as Davey gets two. Two. And puts him back in the chin lock. Fit is up and powers out, grabs the arm and short clothesline him. He yanks back on the nose and then kicks him into the back. Fit drops a couple of elbows and gets two. Two. Davey comes back with a running elbow and backdrop. He hammers him in the corner and goes down. Down goes the ref as Davey shoved him back. Fit is down and Davey turns into a missile kick for Alex. And then Fit finishes him with a pancake-type move. Well, it was a nice back-and-forth match. Yeah, and then Alex poses and so Fit kicks his ass too. Well, Jericho comes out with Ralphus. He is upset because he's beaten Goldberg three times and has had no acknowledgement. He knows Greenberg is in the building. He's given him one more chance. Goldberg is not there tonight, according to Gene. Jericho turns towards Page and claims he has not paid his dues and wants a PTV title. DDP comes out and takes the mic from him. He kicks Ralphus in the gut, not wanting him near him. DDP tells him he's never beaten Goldberg. And he has never beaten him. So if he wants some of that, then he's willing to, to fight tonight. Jericho is trying to beg off as he throws a fit. <laughs> well, Hall is drinking in the bar at the Target Centre. Five is Raf versus Tokyo Magnum. Raf destroys him. Squash, and he's facing Meng at the pay-per-view. Well, here come the Horsemen. They're by double-A. It was to be Silver King and Callow, but they turn aside for the Horsemen to face Disco and Alex Wright. Bischoff comes out and tells Tanay to beat it. So match six is Disco and Alex Wright and his massively long cock versus D. Malenko and Chris Benoit. Nothing about Chris Benoit. Well, Benoit has not fought for months because he's dead. Isn't right. it amazing that, yeah, we, we've kind of, we're more excited about Alex Wright's gigantic penis as opposed to what Chris, Chris Benoit, Benoit is innocent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Benoit has not fought for months. Wright gets the boot up on Malenko and stomps away. Dean fires back, but is pulled down by his head. Disco gets the tag and runs into a drop kick, then a suplex. Disco takes command and knocks him down. He poses for the crowd, and Benoit gets the tag, and the fans erupt as he rips into him, crossface and match. Well, some back and forth, but it's nice to see Benoit back. Well, Bischoff is livid. He will not pay the horseman and yells about it as the fans chant for flair. For who? For flair. <laughs> 
Paul is drinking with some ladies, and one looks about 12. Uh, so up next is Chris Jericho versus DDP for the WCW TV title. And here comes DDP out here now. So this should be a very interesting matchup. DDP, of course, facing the WCW champion uh, at Halloween Havoc. And Jericho's been wanting a piece of Jer- uh, Goldberg, and he's defending his TV title. DDP, funnily enough, has not got his ribs taped up for the first time in eight years. Mental. I didn't actually notice that. He might be all healthy going in to face Goldberg. And that will that play against Bill Goldberg, having DDP fully fit? Will Goldberg feel the bang? Well, is it, I think it's one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous move in wrestling at this time. The dumb and cut it can come out of anywhere. Out of nowhere. DDP grabs the arm and Jericho nips up. And it's just a bit of an exchange between these two blonde-haired behemoths. Jericho goes to the outside. He's got intelligence. The duck-faced pose. The first ever recorded one. Ever. Well, I love the pout. Making sure his hair's all right. He's got a big smile on his face. He's doing it for us. No, James, he's smart. No, he hasn't got a cigarette in his mouth. He's just holding the United States title. He's just holding the TV title and hoping to beat DDP here tonight. We talk about cigarettes, I think DDP might be smoking a cigar if he can get the job done against Goldberg at Halloween Havoc. And I think Jericho's so cocky, he feels if he was to win tonight, he might be involved in a triple threat match. Oh my God, DDP there. Big pile driver. Jericho gets that bottom rope, stopping the count. Oh wow, DDP mounting Jericho in the corner, but Jericho grabbing the legs and just planting DDP face first on that top turnbuckle. And now Chris is in control. As he springboards off the top rope and drop kicks DDP, who was perched on the edge of the ring apron, and he goes straight into barricade. Jericho comes straight back down, boot on DDP's head. Oh my god, DDP sent into barricade again. <laughs> and now Jericho going for the cover. But not any cover, James, it is the cocky cover. One foot on DDP while posing. And he can't get the job done. Oh, and he bounces Paige's head off the mat for four. Are you in a cricket mode? How's that? Like, don't, no, don't, don't. We're DDP fighting back in this one now. Big right hands, big left combinations. Oh, and the lariat knocks Jericho out. Jericho <laughs> gets whipped into the corner. Oh, high back body drop, goes for the cover. Oh, but Jericho managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And a jawbreaker, for Je- from, uh, jawbreaker by Jericho, and then a clothesline. Lion salt. That could be it. One, One two. two. Oh. Oh, but Paige managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And now Jericho must be getting frustrated. Jericho trying to suplex. Paige stopping it. Drags him down. Turns him over. Two. But Jericho managing to kick out. Oh. Oh, went for the diamond cutter. Jericho blocked it low. Oh, and as the ref looking at Jericho, he hit a low blow behind the ref's back. And now it's going to maybe time for the line tamer. If he can get him on his back, Paige fighting with all he's got. Oh, but Paige managing to flip Jericho over. Jericho with a clothesline. Paige dodges. Tilt a well slam. Lovely from Paige. And is Jericho going to feel the bang? Jericho's in serious trouble, but Goldberg's up. Oh! Spears Jericho. And what happens after the spear? Well, he's going to jack him up and hammer him down. Oh. But Paige hits him with the bang. Diamond cutter for Jericho. And now J.J. Dillon, all the officials in. And they're fighting off. 
situation. Well, Goldberg came in, destroyed Jericho. So Jericho gets a win, I guess. Oh, my God. So, Dan, what are you thinking of that? Well, it was a bit of a clusterfuck, really, wasn't it? It was... I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. It ended a bit funky. I would like to have seen a definitive end to the match between these two because it was actually shaping up to be a half-decent match. Yeah. But Goldberg coming in, getting involved, you know, he has got a lot of angle towards Chris Jericho, so you can't blame him for taking him out. But could he have waited until, the, until after the match? Well, I think he could have done, you know. It's just all the case. Maybe what it cost Paige a victory. But Hall is now with a hot woman staggering around like I do in front of the ladies. Well, match eight is Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Kidman for the WCW Cruiserweight title. Well, they lock up and Kidman pushes into the corner. Ray has another knee surgery. They're not during the match. He had one earlier, and that's why he had to come back. They exchange Ray slots. Kidman holds it and takes him down with a tackle, but Ray floats on top of him. And he has him in the arm breaker, but Kidman pulls off and pulls back on the head and has the arm locked up. They are now vertical with Ray in headlock. Kidman runs him over. The push off, Ray takes him over a head scissors. Ray's launches to the ropes, but flips around and runs into a flying head scissors from Kidman. Kidman kicks him in the chest, catches Ray on a slide beneath, but Ray floats over on the super extents, but he's drop kicked and nearly pinned. Kidman snaps him over, drops the elbow, and applies a chin lock. Ray is up and, a tussle, and they tussle for a bit. Ray springs off the top and strikes with a crossbody and gets a near fall. But then he is hacked by Kidman and explodes a suplex. Near fall and has Ray on the apron and tries to suplex him into the ring but is blocked and Ray suplexes him to the floor. Fans are chanting something as they fly around the ring and Ray gets two. Two. After a quick leg drop. And now Ray is powerbombed and nearly pinned. Kidman keeps him grounded with a rear chin lock. Ray is up and they battle until Kidman runs him down with a lariat and rolls over and gets two. Two. Kidman pulls him up and suplexes him and Ray is sent into the ropes. Ray leaps on his shoulders and they fall into the ropes and down to the floor. Well, Kidman does and he hits the railing. Kidman gets up in the apron and is knocked off and Ray somersaults into him and then stomps away for a moment. Ray goes up top and then Kidman tries to knock him off but he's pushed onto the ropes and Ray drops legs on him and gets two. Two. Ray slowly hauls him and connects with some forearm shots but Kidman fired back. Ray falls to a knee and body slam. Kidman goes up top and misses a flog splash. Ray slowly climbs up top and lands on him with a seat and sent on splash and he gets a near fall and Kim reverses whip and telegraphs the backdrop Ray sits on his head and drives him and the arm into the mat Ray hammers at him but Kim and ducks and power bombs him and now he gets two Kim and ducks and power bombs him and now he gets two yeah Kim uses a corner to bulldog him and he goes up top but is slow and Ray whacks him and Kim is crushed Ray goes up top and strikes with a top rope hurricane runner. He is slow to cover and only gets two. Two. Ray comes back and drives him into the mat. Ray calls for his finisher and leaps right into a drop kick and a bell rings. The fan boos, but they had been silent. It's a draw. Not sure the time on it, but at least 15 minutes. This match was fucking great. The fans were fairly silent, but fuck them. This is a fucking wrestling match, all right? We don't have to worry about anything else. Great stuff. Can we have a rematch, please? Well, Gene is in the ring with some people from Minnesota and calls out John Randall, Vikings, and Kirby Puckett, twins. What did you just say to me? Uh, I said, fuck it. Kirby Puckett? They are getting some sort of plaque, and now she wants to introduce another hometown favourite, Ric Flair. This is now Ric Flair Day. Bischoff comes down, and it is the mayor of Minneapolis who is giving the rewards. Bischoff does not want her here, as he, and he wants her and Flair out of here. She's grinning and loving this. Randall and Puckett get in his face <laughs> as Flair dances. That Come is on, a James. Made up name. Randall and Puckett do not. Exist. I'm sorry. 
When they get in the face flare, a cop tells Bischoff to beat it, and he will be arrested if he touches someone. He is from here, so he knows what the jails in the city are like, and he also has unpaid warrants. Eric whines that he has paid them, but he's told to leave. He heads to the back in a garage, all angry and bellowing. His limo's been told, and he's flipping out some more. He's chasing off the class. Flair watches from the ring, giggling alongside Randall and Puckett. <laughs> well, match nine, and it is Stevie Ray and Scott Norton and Scott Hall. Stevie Ray, Scott Norton and Scott Hall versus Conan, Lex Luger and Kevin Nash. Wait a minute. Orderly! Elimelaza! Forever! Bowdy, bowdy, rowdy, rowdy. Did I tell you how much I loved Conan? Did I ever mention that? I mean, <laughs> he's one of my new favourites now, Dan. I don't know if I mentioned that at all. Is that because you're going to wear a Conan No, shirt? no, I'm, I really am a huge fan of him. Oh, Nash looks pissed. Well, he's not come out yet. Conan and Luger are a bit worried. Nash is staggering about with a drink, acting drunk. He has an outsider shirt on, though. He's been hanging around with Scott Hall too much. Big slurry will be tonight. Now, Hall's doing that over the ring. He's still in my gimmick, brother. So, you're going to be three on two, then. So, the WF show their athletes as, like, the kind of greatest superstars in the world, and WWE are unfit to compete. And Conan has his vest tucked into his boxer shorts. Uh, that's such a cool look. Um, I want to try that. Well, it's the greatest wrestler of all time, Conan, going against uh, Stevie Ray in this one. <coughs> well, why has Scott Norton got a title about, by the way? It's the IWGP heavyweight title. He won it in Japan. They had an agreement but they were sending like, the WWE kind of B and C members over in Japan to fight them. Uh, and that's basically what's going on there. But here comes Drunk Nash. Well, Conan and Luger are a bit uh, perplexed. They're not sure what's going on. What is he doing right now? Scott Hall's like, I'm with you, brother. And they are outside his back together. Look at Nash. Put Nash and Hall in the ring together. <coughs> Let Conan start. We want Conan. We want Conan. Oh, Luger trying to take the drink. Nash's like, nah, man. Yes, Conan. You don't watch the last leg, do you? No. It was on last night, and Chris O'Dowd was on it. You know Chris O'Dowd, didn't you? The guys in the IT crowd and stuff like that. He was fucking wankered. He really was. I know Scott Hall's playing it. This guy was fucking shit-faced. And Steve Ray started with Conan. He's taking him down. So this is the war we always wanted to see. The best for the NWO black and white versus the best of the NWO Wolfpack. Definitely. Oh, look at that clothesline by Conan. I don't know how he did it. Orderly. Orderly. That's it, gone. The key to sunrise to get the job done. He, he can put it on Tommy. Fantastic. And now here comes Lex Luger. That's a move that comes out of nowhere. Mm. Tell you, I've got really gone off Bobby Roode as well at the moment. Uh, he's a bit of a knobhead, to be fair. Yeah, he's losing all the time. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to have it. I'll be, I'll be really pissed off. If I had to wear a T-shirt like Bobby Roode, oh, mate. Nah, nah, man. Not happy. But Luger and Scott Norton are in there. The respective stables powerhouses. Nice hip toss by Luger. He's, <coughs> he's impressing me as well. Oh, my God. He's a man on fire. Well, he turns Scott inside out. And look at him flexing. Punches off Stevie Ray. Oh. I think Scott Norton, Scott Hall and Scott Steiner should, should have been. It should have been the three Scots. <laughs> Stevie Ray in there. Did you know that he's different to the other two members of his team? Oh, is he? Stevie Ray. Why? Because he's uh, 
uh, not not called Scott. No, oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 former tag team champion, of course, alongside Booker T. So maybe the tag team wrestlers will come into play in this one. So Scott Holder. Well, so is Kevin Ash. So is Lex Luger. So is it for life or is it forever? We're going to find out in this one. Forever. Bring in Conan. I mean, would I rather see a casket match between Undertaker and Kane or this one? I think you all know the answer here. This one. Well, this is a classic. Both men running the ropes. Oh, my God. Wow. Fucking hell. Double clothesline. Both men down. Which man's going to get the tag in? In the battle of the NWOs. Oh, Scott Hall's tagged in. And Nash has tagged himself in as well. Oh, it's on that Donkey Kong. Both men stumbling in. It's the outsiders for life. Too sweet. Each sharing the other's drink. Oh my God, Nash. I don't think he's drunk. He was playing Scott Hall. No. Doesn't even realise. He doesn't even know what's going on. Don't turn around, Scott. Don't turn around. Oh! Big boot from Nash. Big right hand. We're going to see Scott Hall licking the mat soon. All the alcohol's been wasted. He's bouncing. Oh, and he's getting hit by yeah. Luger, by Conan, by Nash. Bounced around by the Wolf Pack. And now he's stuck between the ropes. And why is the referee calling for LaBelle? This match was still going. Oh, I don't know, Tony. I'm asking you this. And the Wolfpack looking on. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts after that? Conan looked badass. Conan looked really, really good. Really impressed with Conan, I think. You know, so glad. Go back 20 years and see how good a wrestler he was, you know. Uh, but I don't mind the Kevin Ash thing there because he acted stupid. He tried to get one over on Scott Hall and it worked. Uh, so I, I don't mind that. We are going to get Scott Hall and Kevin Come on, Ash. Come on, James. Give me your wolf pack. We are going to get Scott Hall and Kevin Ash down the road. Well, I don't know about that ending. That was a bit fucked up, wasn't it? Well, a count out can't be explained. Baffled, I am. Match 10, and it is Hollywood Hogan versus Horace. Well, Hogan. Hogan is on the mic talking about being a god again. He continues for a bit, then calls out Horace and wants him to tell everyone his name. He finally states that it's Horace Hogan and that Hulk is his nephew. Hogan talks about blood and then calls out the NWO to witness this. He is proud of... He is proud of Horace. What's that, my love? He is proud of Horace and looks like his dead brother. And he takes off his NWO shirt and he's inducted him into the NWO. Because he loves him so much, he would give him the shirt off his back. He makes, fans, he makes fun of the fans about sacrifice and the warrior. Hogan is about family and the warrior does not get it. Well, he's going to show the warrior a sacrifice and then bouts Horace and beats him up. His NWO buddies pull him off, but he whips Horace with his belt. He has the mic and tells Warrior that if he would do this to someone he loves, imagine what he'd do to the Warrior. He grabs a chair and blasts him in the head with it. Hollywood is going to make him beg at the pay-per-view and will not allow f- any help for Horace. He dumps the gurney and then goes off on the Warrior again and make him admit that he is the one that ran him off. Well, there is no good guy. Hulkamaniac and the Warrior is his. He pisses the giant, who backs off, and then the Warrior runs down with a bat and shakes and he takes out the Giant and the rest of the NWO. Hogan has departed. Hogan has the mic and goes off of the Warrior. And this allows the Giant to belt him and chokeslam him. Hogan pays NWO on him. And he tells him that this is just the beginning. And he drops two leg drops on him as he speaks. Jesus, he will not shut the fuck up. Well, here comes Bret Hart with a mic. 
What Hogan just did inspired him. He's sick of the fans and their lack of respect. He says hi to his one fan, his cat. He's tired of Sting following him around and copying his moves and wants him to suck it up and get out here. Sting makes his way to the ring as Hart worries he will mess up his mascara. Well, up next is uh, Bret Hart versus Sting. Sting does not waste any time and pounds him. He mounts and pounds him and then pounds him and then mounts him and then mounts him and pounds him some more. Bret is tossed to the floor and kicked. Bret is running to the still steps and then the railing. Sting rolls him back in the ring where he continues to dismantle him. He body slams him and gets two. Two. He slams him again and goes for a Vader bomb, but Brett gets his knees up. Knees Brett up, Mother Brown. Brett drops him. Brett drops the head into the gut and then rubs his face along the top rope and clubs the back. He chokes him out with a boot. He has him in the corner and unloads some body shots and then gives him a backbreaker. Brett goes up to the middle right and leaps right into the boot and is dropped throat first on the top buckle. He turns him over into the death lock, but Brett is on the ropes and Sting does not care. Sting refuses to let go. The ref calls down the troops and they hold, but he will not budge as Brett wallows with his hand on the ropes. Stevie Ray and Vincent pry him off, but they get their asses kicked too. Hart limps away as Vincent and Ray help him to the back and Sting stands tall in the ring and then chases them to the back. Well, nice brawl to set up the pay-per-view match. Well, on the strength of the Kidman match, that was awesome. The ending was solid too, and so was the DDP and Jericho match. They did a fine job of building up the pay-per-view one of the few times where I'm looking forward to nearly every match. Not sure what Jericho will do or the LWO, but we will wait and see. The Warrior and Hogan will be terrible, but I do not mind seeing it. Hogan took up way too much time, and then again, it is for the big match of the pay-per-view. Also, Eric Bischoff getting tossed was gold. So that is it for now. We'll be back in a couple of weeks for Halloween Havoc 1998, because the episode of Raw and Nitro afterwards there. No, it has been quite an entertaining for both Raw and Nitro. Yeah, it's been good, isn't it? It's, it's been good, isn't it? This, this uh, month, oh, I've enjoyed it. Some good segments, some good matches. We'll give you all the scores on that, like, say, in a couple of weeks' time. Our uh, next episode is WL184, which is WWE Young Classic Round 2. Two! But until then, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, at WWE Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WWPodcast at gmail.com. Also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review. And don't forget also, Dan, we're on Instagram now. Yes, we're just getting up and going on Instagram in our latest episodes as well as some pictures we've taken from the live events that we've been to. And that is WNR underscore podcast. Podcast go every Sunday. On SoundCloud. Or on your phone. Also on Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio. We've got our live shows coming in November. And of course, iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it for now. I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. bye.